the socks cast gems and we talk about games and if you think we can't then we'll press start to play that's why the people on the net listen to polly john thayer and red and boner okay you guys i think that we have to make a pact right here and right now that we are never going to ever 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 do that again all right okay okay where are the socks cast gems john what i tell you i just think that we are the john okay touch your pie hole we got a podcast to do okay Hello, our lovely listeners. Welcome to the Stockscast episode 27. I am your host with the most whoppers, Polly. And guess what? We've been doing this for a year. Woo! Woo! Hell yeah, we've been doing this for a year. We've got about 30 episodes. And all you crazy people out there who stuck with us and listened all this time, you guys are amazing. Who thought we would have made it this long, right? Yeah, Raquel. Woo! Woo! Our one listener. (laughs) <laughs> and to my immediate virtual right he will fold a man into nothing for nothing it's Rhett hi how's it going Rhett thinking about Rocket League thinking about Rocket you still thinking about Rocket League yeah still playing it Goddamn, son you're still just on that Rocket <laughs> League tip he just cannot let it go well you're, you're well, you better be ready for a podcast because you know you're a professional now we've been doing this for a yes. year you've got no excuses does that mean we get paid now Maybe. Um, I'll get back to you on that. Um, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Okay. Oh, yeah. It'd be hard to hold my breath for three hours. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I think that that would start to become a little uncomfortable after a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to my immediate virtual left, he's been waiting a while to meet you for the chance to shake your hand. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going, John Thayer? I'm doing really well. One year. I know. One year, you've been making us wait around so that we can actually get around to finally doing these things and surprise trips and just like, hey, guys, need the delay again. You've been making us do this for a year, and I, have, I haven't I have fired you yet. Just coming together almost every two weeks to talk with my friends for hours and hours. It's you, nice. You make it sound like it's this really nice thing, but it's this really grueling process that nobody really understands that we have to put ourselves through, this vigorous <laughs> regimen. Of, it, comes, of, it comes pretty easily for me. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, it okay. doesn't. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. It's oh, just the okay. hard work and dedication that we put into each and every episode, the amount of love and just going for it and making sure that these are top-of-the-line products. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't even keep a straight face Hashtag for that Hashtag content. One. Hashtag content. Soxcast 2016. Yeah, that's what Woo! we're, we're going to be probably still doing this in, in 2016, I bet. I hope we are. That's you, not that far from now. That really is. Yeah, oh, God. Don't remind me. Oh, shit. It's September. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah, it is. By the time Whoa. this goes yeah. up. By the time you hear this, the funk will be within you. Everyone's going to be playing Metal Gear, so whatever. S- speaking of, hey, guys, you know what's really exciting? What? MM Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain comes out today. Oh, wow. Really? Boom. Yeah. I'm I'm um, I'm pretty stoked and jonesing. I'm kind of jonesing, even though like, like I didn't have the greatest of opinions, I guess, on Ground Zeroes. There's still part of me that is like, 
part of the zeitgeist, I guess. And still, mm-hmm. like, I'm still kind of tied to that series by, like, this noose yeah. that Kojima just kind of, like, ties onto the back of his truck and drives off with. And <laughs> I'm still, well, the like, zeitgeist is making me want to go and play 4. You should play 4. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess we'll, like, since, you know, Metal Gear came up, I'll transition into what I was doing. Go huh? ahead. How about that? I was, Woo! um, so, so, you know. All the hype going around, you know, I uh, I kind of got interested again in playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Um, because that game, like, 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 Ground Zeroes and The Phantom Pain are both heavily tied to uh, Peace Walker. Not only in terms of just story, but their mechanics are also uh, really similar. And when I was playing Peace Walker, I almost convinced myself that, oh wait, I don't want to play Metal Gear Solid Five at all. <laughs> like ringing endorsement. Yeah, it was. It was like, whoops, Dang. whoops, whoops. I almost talked myself out of caring about Metal Gear Solid Five because Peace Walker gets real bummy. Um, I forgot how grindy and and, and, and almost mobile game like that that game is. Um, like the actual. That. I always heard that one. It's kind of like fixes all the shit in portable ops. Well, it fixes the shit from, like, a gameplay perspective. Like, playing uh-huh. the game, the stealth missions, like, everything like that is pretty fun. But, um, like, then there's this base building part where you've got to, like, build weapons and, like, you know, like, all of that stuff takes time to do. And, like, in order to advance time or to or to continue your research, you have to just go do more side missions and... They're mostly just repeatable same missions, and to get more dudes in your base that have better stats, you've got to go grind out missions. Mm. <sighs> the fu- you can't get the true end, the true final ending of the game until you've done the ultimate grind fest. However, I saw like a list of what you have to do to get. Yeah, that. Let, like... let me go over this. Let me go over this. <laughs> okay. So, so you get <laughs> you get a normal ending uh, for. Uh, beating the Peace Walker. That is, like, sort of the main antagonist big robot bad uh, in this game, which is an awesome boss fight, I would like to point out. That's cool. Um, and then, like, there's there, there's an entirely new chapter after this where, um, first of all, you've got to build your own Metal Gear, which, in theory, sounds like <laughs> a cool thing, but you don't mm-hmm. ever really get to do anything with your Metal Gear. You're just kind of like, you're kind of just like, oh, I just, I got these parts and I put them together and there's my Metal Gear. I can't do anything with it, but there it is. Um, but okay, for and, and to do that, you've got to go grind out boss fights. Um, and you've got to like only destroy certain pieces of a boss in order to like get a rail gun or to get to get scrap parts to be able to craft a head or a ray dome or dumb things like that and it's just this constant grind but that's that's not the worst is this of it monster hunter all of a sudden uh this game is heavily uh, inspired oh, by monster geez. hunter actually uh there's actually huh. like there's monster hunter content in the game uh, there's like like end game stuff where you can fight monster hunter bosses so it's kind of tied to that in a very weird yeah. way but 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 that's not the worst of the grinding. Oh, but wait, there's more. There's more. You get to a point where um, during the main campaign, you capture this guy. And you have to, like, start playing random side missions. Uh, and after three or five, he'll run away. And then you get a new mission. It's like, hey, go find the guy. So you go and you capture him. 
and then, well, nothing of interest happens again. So you have to go do more, you know, three to five more side missions, so he'll run away again. And then you get another mission to find him again. You do that six times. What? Oh, God. You have to do that six times. I honestly didn't think it was that many. Yes, you have to do that six times. Guess what? I stopped playing Mm. Peace Walker. Oh, you didn't? didn't I didn't finish it. I was like, no. It's like, even the dumb, like, like, yeah, I could just sit there and grind out the intro mission because it's like a minute 15 or something. It's like, no, I don't, this isn't fun to engage with. I don't want, it's like, and there's no guarantee that the mission's going to pop up where the guy runs away and you've got to find him. God. And it's it just seems so dumb. And I don't even know, like, the story conceit about how this guy keeps getting away. But if you are, like, Big Boss and you've got this mother base that you've built, I think your security would be a little freaking better. So, yeah, yeah I don't... I, I, I don't like Peace Walker. So... Like, I like Peace Walker from a story perspective because I like how it ties to Ground Zeroes. I like that, even though it is a very silly game and that it makes a lot of stuff look really dumb in the series, I mean, Metal Gear Solid 4 does as well, I can appreciate this series and all of its stupidity because it's all contained in that world. And it makes sense in the Metal Gear world for things to be this stupid. But it's just like, I can't get behind this game in... You know the like the way that they want you to. Mm. You were saying, right? I was just saying how like Ground Zeroes directly follows up from this secret ending that you gave yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So so and Ground Zeroes is just the prologue to Ground Metal Gear Solid Five. So it's like Kojima has spent like probably a hundred million dollars, whatever, making a full fledged sequel to a secret ending on a handheld game (laughs) that you have to do the successive grinding for. Like, it's madness. It's the weirdest thing in video games. It really is. It really is. Um, Thankfully, I I watched the secret ending because I watched uh, the last part of Metal Gear Scanlan where they basically just watched this three-hour supercut of all the cutscenes in uh, Peace Walker. Because, yeah. And I, I I would advise anybody, like... If you're going into Metal Gear Solid Five and you haven't played Peace Walker, there is a very good supercut of all the cutscenes on YouTube that intersperses some gameplay in there too to kind of like show you like what the bosses look like and all of that fun stuff. Um, and I would highly suggest just watching that before jumping into Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain because it's just that you're gonna be lost. Yeah, it's... you will be because like I-, I kept trying to think of like if if Drew and Dan who are there, the guys at Giant Bomb, who are doing the Metal Gear Scanlan um, feature. Mm -hmm. Like, if they, like, Dan just kept insisting that they skip Peace Walker entirely. And it was just like, you can't do that. You're going to go into Metal Gear Solid 5 not knowing who these characters are in the opening cutscene of Metal Gear Solid 5. It's just like, you know, Kaz Miller is, like, right there at the start. And it's like, well, who's that? Is he not? He's not in 3 at all, is he? No, no. I'm just thinking, like, if people only play the numbered games, they're going from four to this, they're going to be like, what to five, and like, what the hell? They would know Miller, they would know Miller as you know, Master Miller from Metal Gear Solid 1, but they wouldn't know why he's tied up with Big Boss right now. And that wasn't actually Miller. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was just Liquid Snake. Oh yes, they know him from Metal Gear 2 on the MSX, you played that, right? Yeah, good point, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Like, this series is so nonsense- 
And it's kind of sad that those games, like the original two, never really got proper releases here in the mm-hmm. day. Yeah, because those uh those those first two games are actually really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Those games are actually really good. They got some decent uh, exposure because they're on uh, subsistence and they're on the HD collections that they've put out. So I think yeah. that so I say, so I think that those games have gotten you know a pretty good bit of play by now. Um, and I still think that they're worth playing because I think that they really do play with that hide and seek mechanic and they work within the MSX's uh, limitations really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Metal Gear Two, like actually has a soliton radar, um, huh. and like. Uh, it keeps track of enemies patrolling, like, uh, nine screens around. So it's just like, you know, you're always in the center square, and they're, like, eight screens around you. You can see, like, what the guards are doing. So they're always, like, so their guards are, like, always on patrol. So I think that's, like, really interesting and really cool that they were able to pull that off on hardware that, you know, for Metal Gear 1, like, they couldn't have more than, like, two or three guys on screen. Mm-hmm. Or and, any, they ha- and all and, the screens had static layouts. They couldn't yeah. have people going, patrolling across multiple screens. Yeah, they couldn't do scrolling or anything of the sort, so they worked well. Like, like that series is really kind of amazing when you think about it. Oh, yeah, it is. It's certainly something. I think there's definitely nothing like it in gaming, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, you know, as much as I like to kind of deride Kojima these days because he's kind of batshit insane and kind of gross and misogynistic in a lot of ways, um, I think that he does have a brilliant mind for this kind of thing. And, like, these games, like, if they were made under someone else, they would lack a lot of the charm that they do have. And a lot of crazy attention to detail that you just don't see in games. Yeah. I was just thinking last night how, like, he just, he's kind of like me, where he just keeps putting the same things he thinks are cool in the games, where it's like, okay, I need a gruff military soldier with an eye patch. I need a giant fucking robot, and I need a cyborg ninja. And it's like, every game somehow does that. Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 4 is amazing. He is amazing! He was cool at the end of 2 as well. I thought, you know what? I I never thought Raiden was a terrible character. Oh no, he was always really interesting. I thought he was an interesting dude. Like, he's obviously messed up for a lot of reasons. You know? Oh, yeah. And I think that just like the way people like they really like the slag on him because oh yeah, okay, he was kind of girly looking. Whoop-de-doo. You know, but it's also just like the fact that, oh, I'm pissed off because I'm not Snake for three-fourths mm-hmm. of this game now. Yeah. He touches a nerve with kind of weird gamer, the gamer culture because he was designed to touch a nerve with gross gamer yeah. culture. Yeah. You know, like his design, like everything, like, like we are going to revisit the idea of a Metal Gear series uh, of podcasts. Uh, and we'll talk more in depth about how Metal Gear Solid 2 is just this huge deconstruction you know, of of expectation yeah. and and you know, throwing the very idea of yeah, yeah, this isn't what you wanted in <laughs> your face, and throwing mm-hmm. the idea and throwing the idea that the player doesn't freaking matter in your face so much, you know, it's just, and it's mm-hmm. the way it does it so unabashedly <laughs> is brilliant. The dog tags at the very end, so good, oh. so oh. good. Just thro- <laughs> like it has the player's name on it, and he throws oh, the dog. About that. And he throws the dog tags away. That is such a goddamn genius moment. Ooh. Oh my god, that series is so good. I'm pretty Ooh. stoked to play five now. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked to play four. All I need to do to get caught up is four and finish. Go back and finish my file on the on the second MSX game, right? 
Yeah, you should cool. be good. And then just like, you know, Ground Zero. Ground Zeroes is only on PS4, right? No, Ground Zeroes is on everything. Oh, cool. I can play that on the PC? Yeah, yeah. Metal Maybe Gear Solid, I will. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5, um, the Ground Zeroes, yeah, that's on everything. Even last generation consoles. Like, they didn't cancel the Phantom oh, Pain cool. port either. Like, everything's oh, there. Cool. Oh, man. That's going to be an interesting port. Oh, I thought Ground... I had, I had uh, Ground Zeroes for PS3, and it was pretty good. I- I mean, I hope it's good because, like, Mortal Kombat just got canceled for yeah, last they, gen. Yeah, they canceled Mortal Kombat X for last gen, but... Which seemed a little strange. But Ground Zeroes was just fine for me. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's not 60 frames a second. No, I don't care. It looks fine. Like, if you want to... I mean, let's not beat around the bush. This is one of the best PS3 games... Like, best-looking PS3 games I've played. It looks fantastic. Even though it doesn't yeah. have all the bells and whistles of a next-gen console, Ground Zeroes looks stunning, mm-hmm. even on last-generation hardware. It's that rain. Yeah, that rain looks so good! <laughs> rain, ma- rain is next-gen. Yeah, rain just makes everything look better. Uh, while so, we're at it, I got hmm? a Twitter question about Metal Gear. We should just hit that now. Yeah, okay, let's hit it. Who are the best and worst Metal Gear Solid characters? The best character is Revolver Ocelot. Ooh, Hands freaking down, and John, you will believe that yeah. also by the end of Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah, I think I got. I think I um kind of have picked up most of what happens in Four, but I really want to see how it all comes together in context. Oh, you... You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's real good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a very me game. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I want to keep. I'm like I want to keep doing things bigger and bigger, and I want to add more stuff. Like, I want to have this in there, too. And it just keeps throwing it in, and Kojima has no editing, man, that says no. What if we had the entire U.S. Army get defeated by Revolver (laughs) Ocelot? (laughs) And what if we have him do a cool little finger gun dance while he's doing it? Bang, bang, bang. Bang, 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 bang. (laughs) And he's literally doing that, by the way. He's literally doing a finger gun dance and going bang, 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 bang. That's amazing. It's so it seems cool. like it seems like two is sort of like this weird anti sequel thing, and then oh, it seems definitely. like four is this like let's go all out and make this really big sequely sequel that just completes and expands on yeah. everything in the series and brings it all to a close in a really neat it's way. Fan service, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, but it's in a cool way. It is a, it is a love letter to that series in like the cool. most passionate form in um, so many. Oh Ways. god! Uh, <laughs> Should they do worst character? Jeez, um, you know I know that like a lot of people like her, and, and so I just I never could really get in with Meryl that much. She just seemed really forced to me. I don't know. I just never really liked Meryl that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I played the first game, I got the Otacon ending. I was like, "Yep, okay, dude, bros." <laughs> Uh, my um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure at least one of the characters from Revengeance should work for best character <laughs> yeah. too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I was gonna say Raiden for my best character. Ooh, <laughs> a bold choice, but understandable yeah. entirely. Yeah. Just his arc in the second game is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then in four in Revengeance, he's just this ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. And for worst character, I really just vamp. Is just stupid. <laughs> yeah, Vamp is pretty... You know what? I'm changing my answer. Vamp <laughs> Vamp is really fucking stupid. It's so dumb. It's like the worst idea. You know, he's an actual vampire, you guys. 
Oh my god! Yeah. It's so weird how people latch onto the surface stuff in those series. Series though, like, oh wow, psychic mind control arm. It's like <laughs> fourteen years later, and people still are like, wow, guys, psychic arm. This is sure is great. Yeah, guess what, John? Guess what, John? Yeah, they explain that. <laughs> they explain that. Well, what I love is how everyone in the series like is all serious, like talking about like war and revolution and stuff, and then they're like. And then Psycho Met or what Liquid <laughs> took over Revolver yeah. Rosalit through his arm. Through his arm. Like, with a totally straight face. Like they, this is just Yeah, they're just like, yeah, that, that happened. That happened. An it arm took... took over a man's got brain. Have you no. seen the end of Metal Gear Solid 4 yet, Rhett? No. Okay, they explain that. Don't worry. I I know it was some But I've seen I mean, should I just say? Sure. Yeah, I'm I've I've <laughs> I think Osmo we're well past the more. I think I watched um, yeah. Matthew Matosis's an hour and a half long rundown on five, four. <laughs> I've so I've heard that it was like a hypnosis thing where Revolver Ocelot hypnotized himself into thinking he was Liquid Snake. Yeah, but then I've also heard that no, in the second game he really was being controlled by Liquid Snake, that's... and then after that happened, he hypnotized himself to keep it going. I think so that's I how it goes. I think that's how it goes. I think that's yeah. So it's it... like in two, yeah, two was you know anime as fuck, and that's what happened. And so then... it still happened. <laughs> so it still happened. Yeah, the hypnosis thing doesn't erase it. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It it's doesn't. Just an extra wrinkle of being batshit crazy. It's it's. How did Fortune blow, blow the bullets away? Oh, God. She had a uh, nanomachine protection, of course. But then she took it off and did it anyways. But then she took it off, and then her heart then was it... on the wrong side. But wait, didn't she protect them anyway, even yeah, after the nanomachine? Yeah, she protected them once. Yeah. yeah it was... Okay. That was the power of will and the power of friendship. <laughs> Don't worry. It's yeah. anime. Come on. I love She's... these games. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon, exactly. She, she sacrificed herself and used the power of her friendship with, you know, that she had just forged five seconds earlier. You know. Oh my These god. These games are amazing. These games are so good. It's so I stupid. played one, two, and three. To I especially played two and three to death as yeah, a kid. Like, yeah. I played them over and over and over. So I've got those games down to memory, basically. And I played through one once, and I want to play four. And then probably play two and three again, and maybe one again. Just... <laughs> I love these games in retrospect. They're so they're so good. They're so dumb. They're over the top. A Mm. lot of people bitch about how their stories turn out and all that, but it's just like you know the way I look. I've always tried to look at that series. Is does this does the explanation they're given to me make sense in the world of Metal Gear Solid? If yes, then okay, I'm fine with this. Well, then (laughs) all bets are off because the first game had a psychic who read your memory card and and put the words (laughs) "video" on the screen. They do that. Like, in, they do that in Metal Gear Solid Four too. This is great. It's like people bitching about the twin snakes being over the top haven't been paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we said that like yeah. last year when we were talking. It's like, yeah, if you're that, if you think that Metal Gear Solid is this crazy, you know, and you think that it only got crazy with the twin snakes, you did not pay attention. Oh man, it's uh, so much of the critiques of those series too. Um, did you see that Guardian article that was like circulating about how like just how how Kojima is a horrible writer and for the legit gender stuff, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah. But then just like all the surface stuff, like oh, there's a psychic arm in these these games. <laughs> Therefore, they are bad stories, and it's just 
It's not no, really dog. This is, this is anime sci-fi. Anything goes in terms of psychic arms. Come on now. We got nanomachines that can explain shit. Don't worry. Just about giant deal. robots shooting nukes, for God's sakes. Yeah. Just deal with the psychic arms. Stop whining about it. It's yeah, so it's just weird. like that one thing. You can't thing. get into that brain at all. Like if that you can't, would be like if you can't suspend this your... is just so dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> if you are so far up your own ass that you can't suspend your disbelief, it's like fine. If you genuinely don't like a story, that's fine. But to just keep going on and on about how it's bad and you're objectively right about that, fuck off. Because of really shallow surface level elements too. Exactly. Just like this has weird, weird Japanese anime stuff. Ugh. Just whatever. Idiots. Idiots, all of them. All there of them. There is something about Psychic Arm that is just on another level, though. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen the end of Metal Gear Solid 4, my man. Don't yeah. worry, there's a whole lot of other level shit you've yet to see. <laughs> I've seen that image with, like, the reaction image. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Where they're just like, like what the fuck? <laughs> Nano Machine, son. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that's Metal Gear. Uh, I, I, oh, Metal Gear is Soxcast approved. Yeah. I say one last thing. Sure. I am worried about the reaction to five, considering it has a lot of the same gameplay elements as Peace Walker. Yeah, I'm worried about that as well. But you know, I I think that I can adapt. You know, I've I've learned to play in games yeah. where you know I didn't like some specific part of it, but I could make it work. So I'm, I, you know, like while I'm not a big fan of the base building stuff, I'm hoping that it's not so much of an interference that I won't be able to just enjoy the story, a few side missions, some story missions, and then be able to just yeah. complete it and be satisfied with what I get out of it. Yeah, I remember you just being really down even on like the stealth and ground zeros because it's like open world and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like just the more I thought <laughs> about it and the more I watched other people play it, the more I realized it's like, you know, this is something that I can probably blame on myself. You know, I can blame <laughs> yeah. myself for kind of being a bit of a brat about uh, <laughs> that game. So, Well, it's such a huge departure, though, where the it first really is, because, games are like, so linear and focused. Yeah. You, like, you're it's like area cutscene area cutscene boss you're totally thrown out of you you know you know i got thrown out of my depth a bit you know i wasn't used to what they were trying to give me but the more that i analyzed the game and like watched other people play it and it was like ah oh, i'm probably just not approaching this with the right mindset and that's not me trying to convince myself something's good that's me convincing myself like i'm not looking at this properly i'm not i you know this is one of those rare moments where you can look at somebody and say you're not playing it right <laughs> You know how Dark Souls people love to say oh, that. But this is, this is a moment where I can look back at how I played through Ground Zeroes and why I didn't enjoy it is because I wasn't trying to understand the type of stealth that it wanted me to come at it with. I was still trying to do things that worked in Peace Walker, things that worked in 3, and it's just like not all of that stuff pays off now. I had a reaction exactly like that with one of the games I played this week, so we can get back to that too. Cool. Should be interesting. So Several other, times, actually. You're, you're not playing Bubble Bubble, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. So, um, other than Metal Gear, um, uh, just yesterday, uh, me and Boner started a cool new little project. Uh, we are going to be playing through uh, Fantasy Star Four. We're going to be Woo! doing we're going to be doing a little let's play of it. We put up a 
about a 40-minute video of us kind of going over the first three games in the series. Um, and uh, in order to like get the footage for us to be able to talk over those games, I obviously had to play those first three games a lot to get to where I was in those videos. <laughs> and the thing that I kind of learned about playing those three games is that I think Fantasy Star 1 and 2, it's like, yeah, they don't hold up the greatest, but those are still some very forward-thinking games, I think. Um, they just the first, do a, the first the, one especially. Yeah, it seems so advanced for when it came out. You know, that game came out two days after Final Fantasy on the Famicom, and like yeah. when you when you when you look at those two games side by side, it's almost no contest. It's just like wow, you know, like this, you know, the yeah. the this series is actually really forward thinking. Animated enemies, animated dungeons. Enemies. Like, there's so much character in that first game. There's so many colors. It's so pretty. Like the like. The dungeon crawling is, like, first person, and it's really, like, you've got to do your own mapping because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get lost if you don't. Yeah, yeah I played all of the first Fantasy Star, and I really lo- like that game a lot. It's really ni- it's a really nice, simple, and clean game. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, only, my only complaint with it is, like, the first few hours are just a grind. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just so much, you know, like, there's so, much, like, so little money, there's so little experience. You don't really start getting good money and experience until you get another party member because the game's kind of smart in that it doesn't make you fight more than two enemies until you have more than one party member. And that's kind of actually really smart and forward-thinking of the designers to kind of, like, be that generous. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just remember loading that game up once and, like, going south and just the first enemy, like, killed me one Yeah, hit. yeah. You, you can't really, like, go outside that first little area until you're, like, level three. Uh, <laughs> and then stay, and stay like, out of the forest. Then it's, then it's pretty easy compared to a lot of 8-bit RPGs after that. Yeah. You just kind of have to get over that first hump. Yeah, I'm having, like, like, what I'm noticing is that it's got a decent curve to it. Like, I'm not having to stop and grind much at all for equipment. Like, all of, like, if I just fight everything in, you know, on the way in and on the way out of a dungeon, I'm usually pretty good to pick up extra upgrades or buy some more healing items or, you know, Mm -hmm. anything else. So, like, that game is still, like, pretty damn solid. And I dare say I kind of enjoy it more than Final Fantasy 1. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I, I get, like, that they're both doing entirely different things. You know, like, Final Fantasy has, you know, a lot more customizability to it, you know, with your character classes and stuff like that. <laughs> I get that, but I think, like, it's I kind, kind of, of... Sorry, it's just kind of funny thinking where those series ended up. Yeah. With Final Fantasy being super story-focused and PSO just being, you know, just all game customization. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, um, I'll probably actually finish my playthrough of Fantasy Star 1. Uh, I'm about... I don't know, 60% through the game, just from where I was, just playing up to the video, and, like, it, it was, like, when I was playing it, I was just like, alright, this will be a good place to do our video. And then I would play a little more, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it, maybe I'll do it when I get my fourth character, that'll be, because then you could show off everything. Ah, uh, maybe Honest, if I... <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know that game had party members, I thought it was just Alice the whole time. Oh, wow. Nah, it's got four characters. One of them yeah. is a kitty cat. I... I... I, like, I knew that cat was in it, but I just thought it was, like, kind of a partner thing that hung out with you. So, yeah, um, I'm also playing Fantasy Star 2. Boo. Uh, uh, that game is, <laughs> that game's rough. That game's rough. But I'm playing, Aww. I'm playing it with a modernization patch, which doubles all the experience and money you get. So, there's all, like, there's, like, no grinding at all. Like, I've had to stop and grind once, I think, just to, like, afford a couple more, like, things of equipment. But other than that, like, I'm, like, going into Desolus, and I've got, like, like and that's like three fourths through the game, and I've got like five hundred thousand Masetta, so I'm pretty <laughs> much set. Um, I'm really set to just kind of 
enjoy the hell out of that game. The problems I have with that game, however, still stand. <laughs> the dungeon design and dungeon crawling are dreadful. Like every saint, like if you look at if you took a map of a uh, of a Fantasy Star Two area. And, and, and you trace the direct route from beginning to end, you would only be utilizing about 30% of the map. 70% of the map is just wasted space for you to get lost in. And it's just garbage. And there's no real, like, change in aesthetic either. They just kind of change the colors. And it's just, it, it gets mind-numbing. Uh, but it's a good thing, though, because that game came with a strategy guide that has maps. Yeah, it came with a bunch of maps, it with the game so i mean i can excuse it in a way but at the same time you know mm-hmm. eh. uh and that game's really weird because i didn't remember that there was a murder suicide oh my god that's all i remember from that i game. didn't remember there being a murder suicide at the beginning and your party just standing there being kind of <laughs> huh that happened <laughs> so it's like what when did that game come out like 1989 yeah 89 so i don't think i had it like at launch but i was probably like eight or nine when I played it, and I saw that scene was like, what just happened? <laughs> he killed his daughter and then himself? That's so <laughs> stupid! And it's like the scene makes no sense. Why would she approach her father, a guy that has been known to be killing people, in a cloak? Why would she approach him? Why didn't she take the cloak off and say, hi daddy, I'm not kidnapped anymore? No, she walks up <laughs> to him, gets shot, and then he blows himself up, and your, and your party does nothing to prevent this. They just stand there like, huh, that just happened. Okay, let's go. We needed to get through here anyway. Let's just keep walking (laughs) west. And it's like, that is so messed up. It's like early games writing trying to be serious and just flubbing. Oh my god, it was so bad. But yeah, I'm like, even despite all of the kind of crummy dungeon design, you know, I'm actually still really kind of enjoying it. And, like, it, the game still has a decent bit of customizability to it because you have, like, eight characters that you can have oh, in the cool. party. And, like, that's that. that's a pretty big... That's a pretty sizable cast, and they're all geared to kind of have their own really special abilities. Like, there's, like, characters that are strong against bio-monsters, characters that are stronger against machines, characters that can do, like, damage across a, cer- like, a certain group of enemies at once, you know? it's It's actually really... Again, I think... It's a very forward-thinking game, despite the fact that it's got a lot of flaws. I mean, didn't come out even before, like, Final Fantasy 3? I think I so. Think. Like, NES Final Fantasy 3? Yeah, I think uh, Famicom Final Fantasy 3 was in 90, 1990, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I weren't... I think um, Final Fa- Fantasy Star 1 and 2 were the first JRPGs that came out here in the States... I think they were among the first. I'm not because okay. I think Dragon Quest oh. might have beaten it out. Yeah, I think I remember reading about that. How people like kind of look back on Fantasy Star Two as like super advanced because they skipped Final Fantasy, basically, where they went from Dragon Warrior One to Fantasy Star Two, and like, whoa, this is a huge upgrade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was 1986. Was Dragon Warrior? <clears throat> um, yeah, but, so, but Fantasy Star Two got like a super fast localization. Yeah, and it's and it definitely shows because there are some lines in there that are just like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Like, I don't get it. Wasn't Final Fantasy like 1990? Yeah, here? I don't think it made it here till 1990. Yeah, so that's before. That's after Fantasy Star Two. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I'd probably think enjoy Fantasy Star One and Two more than Final Fantasy One and Two. I'm pretty sure I do. For oh. sure. <laughs> um, and, we're and talking like, about se- second game. We're talking about two on the NES. Yeah. Yeah, Fantasy Star Two actually had, like it tries 
a lot harder with its narrative, you know? It's like, it's still not quite great, but you can see that they're really, like, trying. And they're trying to, like, make this story matter. They're trying to make characters matter. They're trying to make you care about the world. And, mm. and it's, you know, I can admire the gusto that game has, even though I've got some flaws with it. But I say if you're going to play it now, definitely look for that modernization patch, because it really makes it a bit like it doesn't nec- it doesn't make the game easier it just makes it so you don't have to grind as much like the pay- it puts its pace a little more on that of uh Fantasy Star 4's progression which is really fast um and then there's do you, fan- know, yeah. do you know if it makes you walk faster sorry i don't know i haven't checked it, it like like boner tad faster boner seemed to think that like when he was uh doing the video with me that i was moving faster than i normally would um, yeah. but i'm not entirely sure um, and I played Fantasy Star 3, and that game is Ooh. vomit. It was by a whole different team, Yeah, I think. it was by a whole had different very team. very little time to put um, it together. It's just like, if you look at, like, everything, uh, you know, with Fantasy Star 3, it's got, like, like, everything is just worse. Like, the production value's worse, the story's worse, the, the mm. combat is, ex- like, like, as clunky what? as I think <laughs> Fantasy Star 2's combat is. Fantasy Star yeah. 3 is way crummier. I just don't get the whole auto battle thing being like the focus of those two. I, I, it's a weird thing they were really going with. Um, it works. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm playing through most of Fantasy Star 2 now, and like I know how to set my party up to where they will do auto attacks. And like if I need to go into a command, I'm able to menu around quick enough to where that it's not, you know, a hassle if I need to change tactics. But yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting decision. Like they were really trying to take the gameplay part out of it uh, at that <laughs> point, or something, which is just really weird. I don't know whether they were just trying to make it more accessible, or it's just like. But it's just. I think that it really again shows that like those games were trying something different. They were trying to do something just, you know, off the beaten path. Don't go the same route that everybody else is going. Let's. Yeah. Forge a new path and see where it leads us. Um, they saw they saw Final Fantasy and people were like. Oh, they just mash attack anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, basically. So it's just like, what if we just yeah. made a button where you pressed it yeah. once and all of that <laughs> happened for you? If Final Fantasy yeah. 1 was all had a bunch of auto battle, there wouldn't be a lot lost, I'd imagine. No, not yeah. really. It's funny, though. Like, I've never played Fantasy Star 1 or 3, and you were saying how the first game kind of has, like, a fantasy look to it, even though it's supposed to be a sci-fi game. Mm-hmm. But then you load up the third game... And it like looks like an early SNES RPG or yeah, something. Yeah, it doesn't like look a like fantasy, a fantasy, like a medieval look. I'm like, what is this? They're not in domes. Yeah, it doesn't look like a fantasy star game at all. It just it's... like everything about that game, nothing feels fantasy star about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did the weird generation thing, which is kind of cool. That's but... like that game has a lot of cool ideas. Like its magic system is interesting too, where you can like. You, you can pick which of your techniques are stronger. Like, if you don't, like, if you're going into a dungeon that has, like, you know, Monsters Weak to Lightning, you can just, like, you can spec your character over for, like, a 10 Masetta fee, which is nothing, and be like, okay, all of my lightning spells are way more powerful now. You know, and it's it's got all of these cool ideas, but they just did not have the know-how. Um, to, it's all to, half-baked. Yeah, it's very half-baked. It's not fun. Uh, I will not be finishing that playthrough. <laughs> but the thing, like, it's, you know, I did I did come across an interesting thing, though. I remember John, um, I think it was back when we were talking about um, Secret of Mana, about how, like, the game just has bosses for no reason. 
Mm -hmm. Like, there's no context. The thing that I've noticed about Fantasy Star 1 through 3 is that those games use bosses very sparingly. Like, I think that there are only two bosses in Fantasy Star 1 entirely. And there, is think... only, and there are only three bosses in yeah. uh, Fantasy Star 2. Um, oh, cool. And I know that uh, Fantasy Star 4 doesn't have a lot of bosses either. And if they are, they have a storyline reason to be there. And that's the thing. It's like, the Fantasy Star games seem to have always been really good about using their boss fights sparingly and making them matter. Because in Fantasy Star 2, like, most of the time, you're just going into a dungeon to accomplish a task and then just warp out because you're done there. Isn't that kind mm-hmm. of anticlimactic, though? A little Where bit. It's like you go through this huge fucking labyrinth maze, and then it's like, okay, you got the item, and you just leave. And I think that that's where it's like Fantasy Star Four kind of like tied everything together because it does have some dungeons with bosses at the end, like considerably more than uh, the first three games. But they have storyline reasons to be there. It's still not yeah. random ass Secret of Mana recolors. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Fantasy cool. Star, like, those games are, like, like having had a chance to look back at them and, like, I'm, I'm now, like, playing through 1 and 2, you know, because I genuinely want to, um, it's been interesting to see how that series has evolved and how it was really forward-thinking, even, like, if it didn't manage to do everything it wanted to do perfectly, they're still really good and interesting and worth checking out, except for 3. <laughs> yeah. Boner totally I don't think I know stole. anybody that has finished Fantasy Star 3. Uh, what did Boner steal? <laughs> he stole my joke about, like, threes being the odd number in Fantasy Star games with Episode <laughs> 3 being Card Battle. Yeah, I like <laughs> I liked Card Revolution. Yeah, that game's good, but, like, when you actually go back and, like, Episode 1 is the good game, Episode 2 is okay, and Episode 3 is this weird fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And then Episode 4 just goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. So then people are like, why is Blue Burst episodes 1, 2, and 4? <laughs> and it's kind of like, just like the Genesis games where you only talk about 1, 2, and 4. Yeah. Wow, that's really an interesting... 1, 2, and end of the millennium. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I love how Boner yeah. in the video just kept, like, Boner, what comes after 2? 4. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if I came back, if by the end of the next couple months I'll have beaten Fantasy Star 2 and 4. Then I'll be like, ah, I'm going to start Skies of Arcadia. There you go. That game's so good. Yeah. Oh, you, Same Reiko Kodama, I think. Mm-hmm. You kids and your JRPGs. They're alright. They're alright. <laughs> They're alright. Um, and finally, I played uh, Ed McMillan's new game, uh, oh. Fingered. Uh, and it's, it's a really simple game. It's like It's like a buck or two i think it's like 189 yeah it's a really cheap game it's like it doesn't take long to play and it's basically like um it's basically all random from what i can gather is that like you're given a character and this character like can like like the idea is you have to point out who a guilty party is in a lineup and you have to go on a witness's testimony and like each of the characters that you're pointing out they all have different kind of attributes and the person that you're interviewing also has their own kind of attributes like oh they may lie sometimes you know so it's like there's a lot of kind of like learning to understand the system and what certain language means of like what does it really mean when he's saying i think i saw blah 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 you know or i think the suspect's hair was green you know or something like that um but uh, i don't even know if the game has an ending um, I just like you. <laughs> huh. keep, you basically just keep playing, and like they keep adding more and more people to the lineup to make it difficult, and adding more clues that you have to go from, and sort of like do a game of you know elimination. And uh, I think you can like you can fudge it once. 
uh, and then you get a continue, and then if you fudge it again, you have to start all the way over back at day one. Um, but it, it, it's a charming little game. It's not like super complicated or anything, you know. I've 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 only put about a half hour into it, unfortunately, but you know, in that half hour time, like I was already pretty much able to grasp like what this game is. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing. I'll play it more. You know, it's not a thing I'm going to throw myself into because that's not what that kind of game's for. You boot it up every now and then. It's like eight six eight hack. You know, yeah. you, you throw it on. You do a game, you know, win or lose, whatever, and you come back to it again sometime. So it's it seems like a good phone game. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Like, I, got 10 minutes. I definitely threw myself into eight six eight hack. Probably because I had it on my phone, so I could yeah, play I, it. Yeah, I like, like the the first week I had it. I think I put about four hours into it. Which I mean, when you consider how fast that game goes, that's that's a lot of eight six eight hack games. Yeah, that's probably about <laughs> as much as I dug down yeah. into it. Yeah, like, like I I've unlocked like I think I've unlocked all but like two processes in that game. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. I unlocked everything, and then um, and the cool thing with that is that you can just go to the options menu and unlock everything if you feel like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I'm doing it by just looping because mm-hmm. I, I think that that's really fun. Yep. You're a pl- true platinum hacker. True platinum hacker. There you go. There you go. So that's about all I've been up to. Rhett, what have you been up to? Actually, you played another game. I did. Called Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah, uh, we we finally finished Chrono <laughs> Stream a year <laughs> later. It took us a year, but life Another gets Another anniversary. Another anniversary. Chrono Stream turned one year old, and I finally beat it. You know, life gets in the way sometimes. You can't yeah. do things as fast as you'd want to, but we finally put an end to the Chrono Trigger stream, and that's on the forums and on my YouTube if uh, anybody wants to check that out. We had a great time wrapping it up. That ending yeah. is still just as fantastic every time I see it. I will never get tired of it. It's so good. It's just so good. There's nothing wrong with that game. That game's just perfect. <laughs> Yep. I don't know. It seems like it was missing a side quest. Oh my! <laughs> Poor Magus. <laughs> Poor Shala. Even Poor... in the ending, where he's just like silent and he just silent and just goes. It's like, yeah. Like uh, uh, the the really awkward scene though is like when everybody's like crowded around Chrono, like, "Yay, you're back! We were able to revive you!" And he's just standing off to the side, like, "Okay." Oh. Oh back. man. Whatever. We can't do this again, right? You know, I've got someone <laughs> I'd like yeah. to save. Oh, we can't? Oh, well. <laughs> Oof. Or when you're, like, avenging Frog's friend. Yeah. With Magus and that's the party. All, that's <laughs> very funny and always very awkward. It's really funny. Um, it's really interesting how Frog and Magus kind of parallel each other because it's basically two people, one of whom was able to give up on his vengeance quest yeah. and the other one who didn't and then is just kind of adrift. Yeah, like one is kind of lost in not being able to let go, and one is kind of like found freedom from letting go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a really cool uh, thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger is really good, y'all. Almost got choked up there thinking about that. Fuck you, John. <laughs> That's why Rhett's going next. This is really sad. <laughs> okay. What are you doing, Rhett? I played Sound Shapes. That game looks really rad. For, I played it for like two hours and then I was done. Because <laughs> it's a two-hour game. This game's really short. Like, it's kind of built around having a level editor and stuff, but I didn't really enjoy any of the user-created levels I played. So, uh, this is a platformer. Have you played um, Night Sky? Yeah. It's kind of like that. I've kinda, played that. It kind of feels like almost a sequel to that. Like, you play as like a ball and then... Normally, you're sticky to in the environment, 
and you yeah, can you like are. roll up walls unless you hold a button down and then you roll faster, but you aren't sticky anymore. Mm-hmm. So Night Sky yeah. was by the guy that did Knit, Knit, cool. which was neat. Sorry. Yeah, so it feels like that. So there's like five worlds, and each of them has a very unique art style, but done by like kind of known artists. And like, like World Two is drawn by the Super Brothers, who did uh, that game John Loves Sword, Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Suckery. Yeah. Woo! So like I World Two visit that game. Oh, terrible. Anyways. So World 2, like, looks exactly like that game, but, like, set in an office, but it has, like, kind of the tall, square head guys and stuff. And, like, and, like the, you know, it's, like, this gra- these graphics in a good game for once. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, every world looks really distinct, and then every world also has, like, a musician doing kind of the beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of them's Dead Mouse, and then, like, the last world is Beck. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So, like, there are platforms that, like, sing Beck vocals. Oh, that's so, red. So it's all so it's like all tied to the music and stuff. So it's a really cool game, and it's really short though. And but the problem I, I have with the le- what were you gonna say? But there's nothing wrong with cool short games. Yeah, I just I liked it so. You wanted much you wanted I way was, more. I was so bummed, but I'm like, man, there's not a whole lot of levels here, are there? And hey, it's like wow, it's not it's not on Steam. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's Sony Santa Monica or like. Kind of a subsidiary. Well, poop they on a barf stick, son. Oh, it's it only on PSN. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, like, every time you beat a level, you get those parts to use in the level editor. But then the problem is, is that you've got, like, say, around 30, maybe a little less, levels where everything was made for those levels. Yeah. Like, especially, like, when the Beck levels, where, like, there are platforms, like, singing lyrics and stuff. They're very tightly scripted. Yeah. So then you go into, like, the user-created levels, and it's just kind of a mesh of all these art styles and sounds, and it's just, like... Nonsense. Yeah, it just didn't work for me. Because, like, one of the theme- one of the levels is kind of, like, pixel-looking, and one of them's, you know, the Super Brothers. And then you go there, and it's like... And then, oh, here's a Beck platform. Oh. And it's just... It just felt like kind of a mess. And then the game did one of the meanest tricks I've ever seen. Uh-oh. Because, you know, when you get the game, it had, like, the first level of every world unlocked. Mm-hmm. So I kind of scanned it. I'm like, okay, okay, there's six worlds. And then I go to the sixth one just to see. And the first <laughs> one is called, like, Tutorial for Driving or something. I'm like, that's weird. I play that. And then the last two levels in that world are fucking DLC. Oh, oh, so I'm like, oh man, you put DLC on the main menu like this and put it last. So I thought it was going to be like, a f- I was just like, that's gross. That's cheesy. That's really fucking gross. So I'm like, oh, there's there's actually five worlds, not six. Mm. Bummer. So yeah, that that game's really neat. It was free on PlayStation Plus this month, but it's going to be gone today because they're putting up. Yeah, September first stuff goes stuff. up. Uh. And then I haven't really played a lot of games because I've been very busy with my Flash movies. Uh-oh. What have you been doing with your Flash movies, Rhett? I've been putting fucking everything on YouTube. Oh, that's that has been just this massive undertaking yeah. that I've seen you do. Uh, it, was, it seriously took, like, two weeks because it was over, like, a. it was just about 100 movies or so. Oh, my God. And so, like, some of them I could convert with Swivel, which is, like, this program Newgrounds made that just dumps 
it to like HD video, and it's really useful. But then I found out that ignores the stop all sounds command. Oh, yeah, that's which bad. Which is kind of important when you put music in your stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it's also kind of not great if you have to, say, click to advance text like I versus Pi does. Yeah. So for the most part, I think overall I did more of it in OBS. Mm. Just sitting mm-hmm. there, reading the text and clicking, reading the text and oh. clicking. Getting a chance to rewatch your so I versus Pi series, really. I have rewatched all of I versus Pi again. And then when it started to get really annoying, because I vs. Pi was a series I made, and it was bleh, it was originally 150 short little Flash movies. Yeah. And then I combined it into, like, 10. But when you combine stuff in Flash, sometimes the symbols get confused if they don't, yeah. if they weren't exactly the same between movies. Yeah. And it'll, it'll just pick one to use as the winner. So I'm rewatching I vs. Pi, and then there I notice, like, these weird little mistakes where it's like, oh, this symbol is using the wrong one in this scene because it's u- using the one from the next episode now. So it's like a door opened at the wrong time. Oh, no. Or like a sunset effect didn't play and ruined a joke. So so then I had to go back into some of the Flash's files and fix it and republish and rewatch oh, it again. God. <laughs> and some of these are like... One of, them, one of the I vs. Pi episodes, like chapter 8, ended up being like just under half an hour to get through. Good God. This is a long fucking series. They got super involved, like, the more you got into that series. Yeah. Because by, by, like, the second season, like, every episode I just did as their own. Yeah. Because the fucking Higurashi episode is still, like, 27 minutes long. That's so (laughs) crazy! That's probably the best one. This is the the height of our weeabooness, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's also interesting because Tumblr is weird. I told John about this, how I was po- like backdating all these posts to be like when they actually happened. Like, <laughs> this movie came out in 1999. This movie came out in July 3rd, 2002. But there's this weird bug on Tumblr with tags where it ignores the date and just filters by when it was actually posted. Oh, so I have to actually do it in order from oldest to newest anyways. So oh, my I, God. So I made up, like, this gigantic timeline of, okay, when did everything come out? And I just went through everything in chronological order. Oh. <laughs> and then I, like, made a mistake one time where something, like, didn't get tagged. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to delete the last two posts because everything has to be in order. And then I, I got to the very end and I found a mistake anyways. I'm like, oh. Whoops. Gotta do the whole thing again. No, I was just like, you know, fuck it, this movie. It was like, I put math techno rap as April 1st, 2005. It was actually supposed to be 2004. Oh. I'm like, whoops, <laughs> oh well. You know, it but, has to have been, as as a creator, really, really interesting going back oh, and looking through everything you've everything. ever done. Yeah. It has to have been quite the journey. Like, what kind of feelings were you getting from that? It's, yeah... That's why I decided, like, this is worth talking about on the podcast, because it was fucking weird. Because <laughs> there was almost this kind of a sad arc to my Flash movies, really, where around 2005, 2006 is, like, the peak, and then I kind of stopped caring yeah. as much. Oh. But, again, that was just because I was looking at game or movies only. Like, that's also when Project N32 came out, and I started focusing, like, way more on games. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, like, so looking at it, it was like, oh, yeah, the movies just obviously suffered. 
and then like you know I worked on Hunters for three years, so nothing came out then that was any good. I, st- I still think you need to do that new I versus Pi thing we're, you were I'm, talking. No, about. I'm going to do that. I'm just, just I want I had to do this first. Cool, cool. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be so uh, good. It's going to be so good and dumb. I want dumb. I want more dumb in my life, Rhett. Oh. Uh, I've so, been re- I've been rewatching I versus Pi myself uh-huh. because as as you've been uploading these and it's been a real trip for me too because yeah. I mean I've I've known you for pretty much the entire run of pretty that much series. the entire run of the series and through watching all of those like I I kind of pro- like I experienced a lot of the same things that were going on at the time again you know or like mm. you know, where you were at that point in your life or where I was in, at that point in yeah. my life and it's just like. It's really interesting, you know, how you can tie media and and things like that to your your own memories. You know, it's just like it really just yeah. kind of like you know the reason I love a lot of the games I love is because we, it's really just a lot of the memories I have attached to them, and I have a lot of the same sentimentality for again like watching I versus mm-hmm. Pi or watching Math Techno Rap and things like that. <laughs> you know, it's just like I've got a lot of weird feelings that are tied to all of that stuff, and it it, it, it makes it really. It's really fulfilling to go back and see it, though. It was really cool to revisit yeah. all of that. So, cool. Yeah, it was interesting because like my first movies in like two thousand two thousand one are really bad. Kickhead. Like, oh, Kickhead is no longer around. Oh I no! Had, I, had to, I had to draw the line somewhere. Oh come on! Kickhead was so good. <laughs> I, Mom, I was... you need to delete everything and start back from the beginning. Kickhead is literally like four seconds long, and it's just a you know a, a stick guy kicking another stick guy's head oh, off. Oh, but I thought okay. it was so cute. No, so I started with the Hat Saga, which was at least a, an attempt at something, and it's yeah. like two minutes long or something. But then, yeah, and then I versus Pi starts in two thousand one. Then there's Naked with Apes, and it's like okay, I'm getting somewhere. And then by two thousand five, you've got Hunters, the movie, which I thought still held up. It was like, I think it did too. It's anime as fuck. Oh, yeah, it was, I'm, like, cringing in the first few minutes, yeah. like, oh, God, this is anime as fuck. Like, there's stuff I don't love in it anymore, but mm-hmm. as a whole, by the end, I was like, it's still, still It's still, still really damn it. impressive. Yeah. Like, I remember when you put that out, I was, I just remember being blown away at just, like, how, like, uh, how big of a step up it was, because it was very, very yeah. cinematic, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and it's not something that I'd seen you really do in your movies up to that point, yeah. because it was a lot of, like, you know, more comic book kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, with the, the I versus Pi, which is sort of a moving comic book, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I, you know, like when you when you released Hunters, it was just like, this is a, this is next level shit. Yeah. But then I never went back to that because yeah. it was like, this is too much work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Because like revisiting everything, it's like, where the fuck did this come from? Because <laughs> you go from like I versus Pi and like that dumb Elfin Lead movie. That's oh, like God. stick figures to Hunters. It's like, <laughs> this ridiculous jump. And then, like, two months after that was I versus Pi 150. So good. Which John should watch sometime, because it's should, also... He should watch I versus Pi 150 and watch Rhett and his anime girlfriend. And, no, but it's up. like, it's fucking a 20-minute Dragon Ball yeah. Z episode that doesn't suck. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's, so, another one of the, it's another one of those moments where I remember, like, waking up and seeing Rhett still on AIM and, like, why are you still up? Oh god, yeah, that was... I'm still finishing it. <laughs> the last scene was like a, a literal overnighter. Yeah. Cuz Matt was online like cheering me on. <laughs> so good, just... Which ended that... up 151? No, 150. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll link you after we're done. Yeah, don't watch <laughs> oh, yeah. it now. Yes, I, I probably don't need to watch it right now. No. 
you can't. It's no, it's literally it's, like twenty eight minutes long. Yeah, or something it's, with the credits. It is a thing. Yeah. So then, the movies kind of took a step back. Like, there's some good I versus Pies, and then season two is kind of eh. Like, the Ether Mask episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really said, stupid. Fuck it. That was really stupid. That's the greatest thing I've ever written. <laughs> but yeah, and then it's like 2009 is like just random dumb jokes about like Michael Jackson dying and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was tasteful. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, if there's one thing I learned from watching all my movies, it's like there's no fucking taste there's, here. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then like the last movie is like 2011. Wow. It was, like, the Ume song or something. Good was, lord. But again, like, well, actually, Hunters was out by then. That's what's weird. Wow. <laughs> I was just so fucking burnt on Flash. Well, the Ume movie was pretty easy to do. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that came out after Hunters, the game, was done. Yeah. So it's like, how come I didn't start making movies again? Because it was done. I don't know. It's just weird. I've definitely been a lot less active in Flash lately. Mm-hmm. Uh... I am extremely impressed to the degree that you've gone to preserve <laughs> and categorize your own work. And I, I think that's really, really fucking cool. I think it's important. I think it's really yeah. important. It's I wish more people did. It. <laughs> yeah, I do hate... I was thinking about something earlier this week because I was like trying to revisit like webcomic artists that I used to follow. And I thought, like, how to be a webcomic artist. Have like five comics, give them all their own domain, and then let all of them expire. Yeah. Ugh. And it's just like, oh, these comics don't exist anymore, half of them. Even Pat fell Isn't victim that so to that sad? trope. Even Pat did. <laughs> he fell victim to that, that same trope of having a domain and just letting it go. Yeah. So that's why my site is like, I'm just going to put everything ever I've ever done here. Mm-hmm. So if I want something, I go, there it is. Like, even all my old LPs, like the LPO stuff, wow. is on there mm-hmm. now. Uh, I saw sure. that. I just saw your LP of Fugitive. Oh, that Aww. was. I decided to keep that up there, even though, like, the way I'm talking in that video was really. You were hearing bad. yourself. You sounded it drunk me, to me. It made me really, really happy. Yeah, that's what, that's why I wanted to keep that around because it's like it's cool. cool to see that game. Again. It's cool. To, it's cool to see like, it, like when somebody like takes something you've created and does something with it like like a let's play like they take a game that you've made and then you know watching someone else play it i know that that's a really yeah. cool thing i remember oh, like yeah. Rhett really kind of like splooging his pants when i uh was, <laughs> when i was beta testing hunters and i streamed it privately to him and dmac i know that Rhett, is, yeah. Rhett was just like Rhett like pooped his pants well like oh. at the same time with games like seeing it being played is so important yeah you can to, see like, where the problems are where the rough yeah. spots are cuz Dmac played like the first 5 stages before way before it was out like a year wow and i i just sat there taking notes like he died here he got lost here and like all that feedback kind of made it into the game mm-hmm. cuz there like there's one part in stage 3 where you kind of loop around and i'm like oh he got confused there i have to make that more obvious so, yeah see I'm sure I had notes when you were playing it. Yeah, like, probably. Like, I love the taking notes thing. Like, hates her own fucking boss again. <laughs> oh, I've... <laughs> that was an incident. 
that was that was a bit of an incident. Uh, that, that was mostly just because I was just like I think my mood had something to do with that though because I came back and did it in one fucking shot. Because <laughs> like, like I couldn't beat my own damn boss. boss. Yeah, I couldn't beat Polmeyer, and I just got <laughs> really frustrated. And I was like, was hold also on. Like- you hated the zero gravity section. Oh yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. And at first. then Paul Meyer came, and you were just you just like closed it, and we're like we're done here. And I was like gonna cry for real. And then oh, I came oh. back, and then I came back, and then I came back. I made the comeback, and then was just like bam, first try, Paul Meyer yeah. gone. It was like okay, we're back and on then, track. And then you died to like the final final Mizar fight. That 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 <laughs> that made me a little angry. <laughs> But then you told me later, don't add a checkpoint. Yeah, don't right? add a checkpoint. You're like, yep, that was my mess yep. up. You know, like I can accept the fact that there are consequences to dying. You know, and it's like it's I know the, that me the beca- only place in the game that has a consequence for dying. <laughs> yeah, so and I can understand that. You know, it's just like I know why that there wasn't a checkpoint there. Anyway, it was just, it was just me, kind of like you know, like I'm mad, but I yeah. I'm not mad at the person who created the game. I'm mad because <laughs> I died. Everyone else gets mad at the creators of games, apparently. I can't do that. It's just like, I mean, there there are very few times that I will get mad at the creators of games, you know, if they made something like Contra Force, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, remember oh. not, I remember not being very kind in that review. <laughs> I think I told them to kill oh. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't very nice. Yeah, I, wouldn't, we, I wouldn't say that today. We've written things in the past. We I've, I've written a lot of things in the past far. that I regret, you know? Like, I can look back on my site at a lot of things that I've written and be like, man... Why yeah. That's really dumb. I should not have done that. But at the same time, I'm leaving it there because that's who I was. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. at the time. You know, it's like I I can openly admit that I have made mistakes, and I'm not afraid of those mistakes being shown. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of the same feeling I had for parts of I versus Pi, where it's like, oh, I wouldn't use that word anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, you know, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I used to use the word faggot on my site a lot. I've. Uh, seen more than i thought of my own stuff with that you word know, and, oh and it's it, that's not a way i talk anymore you know and like to to correct that i went you know like my site has a uh like the, the person who helped code my site was actually really smart and built in um uh, a word changer so that i can go back and actually like anytime fag redacted. or faggot is there i just changed it to you know redacted because you know at least and i changed it to something as noticeable as redacted to show like yes this is something i said that i'm really embarrassed about saying i'm not going to try to cover it up and say that i never said it i'm just going to mm-hmm. like edit it out and point it out yeah. like look it's a thing that i said i'm not proud of it anymore you know and that's i wouldn't say that anymore so that's just sort of how i look at it now i'm sorry yeah, to have gone cool. off that side no, track that's, there that's but. fine I, yeah it's, I kind of had a similar movies to, to redacted it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really do that. So I'm just like, it's got to stay basically. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar uh, thing talking with Reed where I was like freaking out about how I needed to make a bunch of updates on my old games. And it's actually just like, eh, you know, sometimes like, no. you just got to let things go. You know, you, yeah. you, you know, you do the best you can. And so, sometimes things are just best presented as they were when they were mm-hmm. created. And I'm fine with that. Because mm-hmm. like yeah. I thought of a whole bunch of changes I want I thought about making to fugitive, and then I realized that there's actually no real guarantee that the me of now has better instincts for this stuff than the me of then. I don't yeah. think you should change anything in fugitive. That game is yeah. fine. That game yeah. is absolutely great. Like I played that game two days ago again. <laughs> I really like that game. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that game is just really good. You nailed it. Yay. 
yeah, after Hunters came out, like, and I got the feedback, I was like, I'm going to redo this and, like, scrap the entire health system and change it. And I'm like, no, probably better not to do that. No, like, Hunters and Fugitive, like, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke up either of your asses when I say, like, I sincerely love those games to death. You know, like, those those are very, like, like Hunters is very important to me because it's something I've watched a best friend go crazy over, you know, but it's also, <laughs> like, but it's also, like, one of his finest achievements, and I'm so very proud of it, you know, and it's, I feel the same way about Fugitive, you know, like, you know, if we're gonna get all hug box here, fine, uh-huh. but whatever, you know, it's just like, I love the shit out of Fugitive, you know, I think that, like, that's my favorite thing that John's done. Mm. So, yeah, there you go. Beam. <laughs> so yeah, uh, when rewatching I vs. Pi, like kind of reestablishing like myself with the tone of that series. To it was interesting. Make it, some more. I'm 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 happy to hear that because I really like <laughs> yeah. those characters still. Yeah, they're just so uh, dumb. <laughs> they're so dumb. Ether's kind of a bitch. I realize. Yeah, she's way bitchy. <laughs> she's like an evil character almost. <laughs> I almost didn't realize that. I'm like, oh, she's kind of the main character, but she's evil too. Yeah. And I kind of went back and was looking at text files I had for like episodes that almost got made but didn't get made in like 2009, 2010. Oh, no. Like I had a whole like console war one that was about like the Call of Duty coming out, like whichever 2010 game it was. Modern like, warfare. Probably. Something. And like there's another M joke in it. Oh, yeah. Whoa! And it's huh. like, oh man, this because I remember being like, I should make this episode soon before it becomes irrelevant. And then it was like the next March. I'm like, this is probably irrelevant by now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one that was a big Umineko thing, kind of like the Higurashi one. Oh. Uh. So I actually spent the, like the last four days trying to rewrite that episode. What? <laughs> I really like the premise of it, yeah, like, and how I can make it work within I versus Pi. Mm-hmm. But then, so it's like I have the setup, which is like them going to Liargo's castle and then getting trapped in there for you know the two nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I have like the murders happen, and like I can make all this work. But then, <laughs> what? What are you laughing over? I think it's great. Like well, I want this now. Well, see, here's the problem. Like, I think the first third will be really funny. Like, I can write jokes in there. Then when people start dying, like, it's not going to be funny anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of that's, that's kind of right. bad for I versus Pi. Maybe. But you so could, the... you, look, people have died in I versus Pi before. People have been this... beaten to death with ball bats. <laughs> Very vividly. Uh-huh. You can make this work in a comedic context. But that's the thing. is like, I almost wasn't, like, I'm not going for a comedic context. I'm, like, actually trying to be true to Umineko. Oh, it might be worth trying. Because the whole conceit of this is that Astra, like the evil one, is playing the part of Beatrice Mm -hmm. and Matt is playing Battler. (laughs) See, that's funny. It's like, this is such a good setup that I don't want to abandon it. Yeah, that really is. At the end, Astra comes in and takes credit for the murders and Matt has to prove that she didn't do it because he denies her existence. Oh, I see. That's actually really good. Yeah, so it's like, it's halfway there, but then I'm actually, like, sitting there and writing, like, dialogue with red text and stuff, and, like, him actually trying to work out the puzzle box, and I'm like, this doesn't work. It's like, I, 
writing a mystery like that is really hard, I realize. Yeah, because you've got to know the answer, but you've got to you've got to be able to write in a way that the character doesn't know the answer. Yeah, that's where I'm getting kind of hung up, where I know the answer, but I don't know how to write the dialogue to where Matt doesn't immediately figure it out. Like, mm. how do I breadcrumb it enough and have it be interesting to read? So I'm just like, maybe I should just kind of give up on this. Or not maybe give up, but maybe try and, like, bounce the idea off of other people. Like, Pat mm-hmm. is a writer. He might be someone you might be able to talk to about that. So then the idea I had was to actually just make the first half of the episode mm-hmm. and then have you try to solve it. Okay. I just... would be down for trying. Like, if you want to give that, like, uh, a go. We can try that. That would be interesting. And then just use, like, your actual dialogue as... As, ba- as um... Like, the red text yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But try then that. it's, like, actually animating the first half. Yeah. work, and it's like, and then if it doesn't amount to anything, it's like, oh, then now you fucked up. Now you've got Hunter's episode one, but no two. Oh, oh God. <laughs> like, Hunt... Okay. We're getting so in-depth into this, I didn't expect <laughs> Hunter's episode one is fine because it kind of stands on its own. Yeah. And then, and then I followed it up with the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like that universe I feel like can, I can be done with. It's Adina that drives me crazy. Yeah. Because fucking nothing came of that. And the first episode of that is just nothing but set up. Yeah, that's all oh. set up. It's just not worth watching. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I even threw up like the unfinished episode two on there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, sh- I think I showed you that. Yeah, I saw that a long time ago. Yeah, it was like 2008. Yeah. So that's, I even wrote like the big blog thing. Because like every time I posted a movie, like I also like did kind of 2015 commentary with it. Oh, that's really cool. So there's a ton of stuff to read on my site. Yeah, if you ton of cool stuff to check out. That's at n3.tumblr.com. Yep. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash EricStorySick. <laughs> Boom! You're paid, Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> But, like, the Adina commentary was just like, this one makes me mad and sad at the same time. Because <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should do it as a novel, but I hate reading novels, so why would I write a novel? Maybe I should do it as a game. Oh, God, that would take, like, five years. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I have this story, and I have no idea what to do with it, and it's just frustrating, and nothing came of it. That's and a bummer. Man, and, man, that episode is anime as fuck, too. Cause oh, it, yeah. All the music is from, like, My Hime. <laughs> so I, I guess that's it for Flash movies. <laughs> that's a, I watched... that was a fun, fulfilling little tangent, though. I like that. Yes, I enjoyed that. As that... someone who wasn't really present for a lot of the um, yeah. Flash movie stuff, this is just really interesting to me. Yeah. I watched a little bit of anime. Mm-hmm. Not too much to catch up on here. I watched more of Umaro-chan. Uh, I really like that show. It's really cute. Is that the, um... That's the, like, the blonde girl who turns into, like, the hamster. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Sayar is watching it as well. And, it's like, it's a, a cute show, from what I gather. Yeah, it's it's a cute show with one character who has huge boobs that they kind of make jokes about, and that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. That's anime, though. Yeah. Everyone's like, she's the worst one anyways. Like, she's Clearly there like, for that reason and that reason <laughs> yeah. only. Yeah, they've done a kind of an interesting thing where Umaro has, like, these three different personalities, and each one of them has, like, a different best friend. <laughs> where, like, like her preppy school form is friends with the girl with big boobs, and then her louse about at home 
Gee, I don't know what the hell just happened there. Lowls about at home. Her, like, lazy blob form has, like, this girl who's kind of possibly gay as <laughs> idolizing her and calls her, like, master. Aww. And then when she goes to the arcade, she, like, puts on a mask and then another girl hangs out with her at the arcade. It's all very cute. And the ending credits scenes shows all four of them together. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, like, if this had a story, would it be building towards, like her kind of revealing her alternate personalities to everyone. If, if, every- if this were a Satoshi Kone movie, it would be fantastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was in That's what I, that's where I want it to go. I want it to be, Uh-oh. I want her to have, I want like the last five episodes to be this complete dream world <laughs> meltdown where like the, all, the conflicting sides of her personality manifest in completely different ways or just in nightmarish ways that just completely tear her apart. That's not the direction I was going in at all. <laughs> I was almost thinking it, kind of relating it to you, how you kept, like, different groups of friends separate. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that. that for a long time. And then, and then everybody, one big happy family now. Yeah, like, when you bring it all together, and when, you know, it's it's much better. Yeah. Like, that would be a real fun ending. It would be a cool little analog yeah. for how our groups come together. Yeah. I don't think the show's going in that direction, though. It seems just kind of irreverent. Just to kind of enjoy wallowing in its own selfishness yeah. kind of thing. It's a silly, cute show. Uh, and then I watched more of Gaku Gurashi, which is anime, cute squirrel girls, and zombies. Uh-huh. And nothing fucking happens in that show. That seems it is to be... such a disappointment. That seems to be, like, a common thread with anime these days, is nothing fucking happens. Yeah. But, like, I I went back and read episode or issue one of the manga, and they changed it from the anime, mm. where in the anime, there are four girls at the very start, and then it does flashbacks to, like, the zombie outbreak, and then them rescuing the fourth girl from the mall. But in, so in the comic, they started with three girls, and then it does the flashback, and then they rescue the fourth girl from the mall. What the, what that does in the anime is means that episode seven is the first one that definitely could take place after episode one. So literally nothing has happened. So episode eight is finally the first one where something happens. Concrete. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of time to waste. That's a lot of fucking flashbacks. It's because they changed episode one. Mm. So like, there's been no tension that whole time because you know, they're going to be fine. Wow. That's really awful. Yeah, and then I read the Wikipedia page for like five seconds and read a massive spoiler and got really upset. Oh god, that's why I avoid like like when I'm playing a game that's either you know heavy heavily story centric or something, or I'm watching like a, you know a TV series or you know yeah. like uh, back when I watched Japanese cartoons, I would just avoid Wikipedia like the plague. Or, or if there's a new Metal Gear game coming out, you may oh, I'm, I'm go- Twitter and Facebook. I've got to be. A, I've got. I, yeah, I'm probably going to have to shut off Twitter for a couple of days because I don't really want to be spoiled on that game, and I'm not going to be able to play it the day it comes out. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, so I want. I don't want that game spoiled for me. You know, I want to enjoy that thing from start to finish on my own. You want to see his nonsense firsthand. I managed mm-hmm. like like, but but for some reason, like I didn't get to play Metal Gear Solid Four until two years after it came out and I still and I managed to avoid everything so like even going in it was all new to me and I got to enjoy it for you know like this is completely blind experience the first time just as anybody else did day one cool 
But that's just, I think that that's probably a lot harder to do these days. Oh, it's impossible because people will just go out of their way to be assholes. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw people like posted shit on YouTube comments for just random music videos just just to be a dick. That's so unfortunate. Fuck the internet. Did you get spoiled on Metal Gear Solid 2? No. Wow. I did not know. Like, I had no idea what was That's happening. That's pretty good. And it was just like, wait, what? And the funny <laughs> thing is that, like, that scene where, like, Raiden's rolling in, and he's trying to put on this gruff voice, too. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Like, this doesn't, like, did they change voice actors or something? So, like, I, I, I got to be completely, like, I haven't been spoiled on any Metal Gear game. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, and then I wrote on the list here, mystery game, because there's a game that I played a bit of, Uh-oh. and then before getting derailed by the Flash movie thing, because I was doing like eight Flash movies a night, and yeah. I had over a hundred, so it was a big project. You were staying up till like six in the morning to do this shit. That's that's normal, but yeah, it was like seriously like four hours a night of just like, okay, here's today's batch. <laughs> oh God! So this well, you totally game, did it. I, yeah, oh my god, I did like 15 the last night, because I'm just like, fuck it, two batches tonight, because I'm almost done. <laughs> uh, so this game got derailed a bit, and I'm not sure I'm going to go back to it. Uh-oh. Because that game is Transistor. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that game, huh? I, I feel bad, because I... Played it for I maybe got like halfway through like I beat two bosses mm-hmm. like the big snake thing whatever you're, you're already close to the end I oh, think really that game's dude that game is short it's it not just seem... that it's short it sounds like it doesn't really feel like it resolves it doesn't really resolve no. anything uh. no there's oh man that game <laughs> I, it's got a lot of great ideas like the, yeah. the 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 powers system and like the processes and how they all combine with one another. Yeah, it's like so cool. I think the combat is interesting, even though I have issues with the interface being kind of terrible. Yeah, because it's like if I want to put like crash or whatever in a different spot, I have to like undo everything practically. Yeah, so basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember that like... game came. That game came out at the same around the same time as Dark Souls Two last oh. year. Yeah, I got double disappointed like right in a row. It was really really sad because I hadn't played. I didn't play transistor for whatever reason and i hadn't played dark souls at that point yet so yeah. i just got to see all this secondhand wafting oh, disappointment and then a couple people being like no no no, these are really good and then just in then a lot of those people were like actually no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm coming into into transistor like over a year later like knowing not to have expectations set very high mm-hmm and it's just still kind of like, yeah, this is just kind of a mediocre game, huh? Like, just... even just trying to ignore the Bastion's connection as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just... even that, it's not even trying to compare it to Bastion. It's just like, yeah. it's not that interesting. Like, the game thinks it's way more interesting than it is. Which is so insufferable. Yeah, it really is. Because, like, it's the kind of game where it wants you to, like, read all the character profiles to put the narrative together. Yeah, that's frustrating, because I just have no idea of really what's going on. Like, I get the gist of it, like, the four evil people or whatever Yeah, but did it's... something, and it's just kind of all vague, and there's tentacle monsters now. Yeah, it's trying way too hard to be, like, m- mysterious, and it wants you to yeah. put meaning to things, but at the same time, it's just like, 
when something is trying that hard to like make you want to look deeper, like I don't want to. Like I want to like mm-hmm. the things that I tend to like dive into and want to know more about or you know get a deeper meaning of are things that aren't constantly hounding me to do it. And that's what Transistor does. Mm-hmm. It's weird because like Bastion also didn't really have a backstory. Right. Like, it didn't matter what happened. It was just, yeah, I got to deal with what happened now. Yeah. And it just worked in that game. And that game focused on characters. Mm-hmm. And it all came together. And this just, I don't know who I am. I don't know who's in my sword. Yeah, it's just. I don't know who the bad guys are. And it's like, yeah, you will figure out some of that by the end. But it all happens so fast and is so sudden. Like, when I got to the end and credits started rolling, I sat there just in complete disbelief. <laughs> I was like. You're kidding me? That's it? Man. I God, the only I time was... I can remember that when happening, I... that really happening for me was Metro Another M. <laughs> when, I beat Bas- <laughs> when I beat Transistor, I honest to God thought, oh, okay, that's the halfway point. Now something big's gonna happen. What? Why are the credits... Okay, this is a fake credit roll, right? Oh, oh no, I'm back at the title screen. That was... Oh, New Game Plus. Oh. Okay, I Oof. beat it. Well, okay. Oof. Did you have all like the limiters? Yeah. Okay, because I don't. Ha- I'm not nearly close to having all those yet. Yeah, I, I think- found everything. I'm just wondering, like, kind of using those to be like, oh, you're 80 percent done, mm. or whatever. No, I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think I'm close to the end. <laughs> you're pretty close. If you've already beaten um, the singer lady, and like well, the, she- big, the big snake boss. Yeah, those are the two I've killed. Yeah, you're getting very close. Really? Jesus I'm pretty Christ. Sure, I'm pretty sure... Is this sure game like four hours long? The game is about four, four, four and a half, <laughs> five hours long. Man. I played it. I played New Game Plus for an extra two or three hours, and then it was just like, I didn't even bother finishing the New Game Plus playthrough. Yeah. It's like, it's not bad, it's just, it's okay. Yeah. I will say, though, it is so pretty. Like, and, holy cow. And that soundtrack! <laughs> I think the soundtrack... I actually, I spoiled myself. I just listened to the soundtrack on its own last year. Mm-hmm. I almost think it worked better as a standalone than in the game. Yeah, like, for like, I think that the music ties really well to the environment in that game. And it was really cool kind of having that together and not just having listened to the soundtrack by itself. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wrecked that for myself. But at the same time, it's like the first song kind of pops up so early. Yeah. So it's like, really, you're not saving that for like a big moment or you anything? You want that but to get... be a pivotal moment. Yeah, it was interesting. But holy shit, is it pretty. So I'm just sitting there, like, pressing the screenshot button on PS4. It's like, <laughs> boop, boop. Like, oh, she's riding the bike again. Boop. Yeah, I did that, too. Like, I didn't upload all of my uh, screenshots on Steam like I usually do, but I've got, like, a shit ton of Transistor yeah. screenshots. It's so pretty. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll go back to that. I don't, I don't think that you have much longer to go. I mean, I'd say just finish it and at least, you know, at least get that same reaction I did as, what? <laughs> That's it? I I kind of know what happens anyway, so. Because, uh, hmm. yeah, that was something I accidentally got spoiled last year. I'm like, oh, I should be mad, but people seem to not be mad because this yeah. game's bad anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's what I've been up to. I mean, wasn't Bastion only, like, five hours long, really? And it still told, like, a complete story in that time. You come away from that game and yeah, feel like, satisfied. Bastion had very, like, three clear, distinct arcs to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I forget the areas, but, like, 
in the last third when you start fighting people, it's like, whoa, shit got What's real. What's going on here? This is getting way more deep than I thought it would. Yeah. Um, and like, I, kept, I remember just telling Paula, like, no, no, you have to play this game. She's like, I don't know. I'm in the first third. It seems okay. I'm like, just keep playing. Just keep going. Just keep going. And then, yeah, the end of game of the year shit right there. Yep. Only I don't think I gave it really game of the stuff. year. I think I gave, I gave Mark <laughs> and the Ninja game of the year that year. Well, that was, that was a good year. Yeah, that was a fan. Like, it was 2012, wasn't it? No, I think Mark of the Ninja was 2013. I think maybe you're, you gave it to Portal 2. Mm. Oh. No, Portal 2 had to have been 2011, because I played that when my mom passed away. I think... Mm, I think maybe you're I right. I think Bastion was 2011. I think Fashion was 2011, yeah. Really? Mark of the Ninja was 2012, along Mark with, like, Journey and Mark of the Ninja Journey was 2012, yeah. And then Portal got a uh, game of the year in 2011, and then Mark of the Ninja 2012. Okay. Yeah. 2011 was also Mario 3D Land. Yeah, that game's really, really good. So that's all you've been doing, Rhett? Yep. John! 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 Hi. John. John. That's his name. That's your name. I just want to point that out. Debatably. So, so Rhett, we got any news? <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, John, what have you been doing? Alright, so remember last time... Um, when we talked, when you talked a bunch about Axiom Verge yeah. and how awesome it was, mm-hmm. um, and just how great it was in all these different ways. And I was really pumped up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I actually went and played it. Really now? Yeah. Um, I didn't do it on steam cause I knew that y'all could, okay. What? I can't do it. <laughs> Damn. I'm not as good at it as you. I'm sorry. You're not good at this. Oh, you knew. Yeah. Okay. I could tell, John. I know you didn't yeah. have a PS4. <sighs> Wait, it's not on Steam yet? It's on Steam, but you said you, just said you just said that you didn't want to I needed, play it I on needed Steam. To re- I needed to research it better and figure out if, there was, if it was available at all outside of Steam and be like, I bought it on itch.io so that y'all wouldn't know. And yeah, I didn't play it out only well. Only the PS4 can handle a game with graphics like that. Yeah, yeah. You're... State of the fucking like my, my computer was chugging the whole time. It just barely did it. <laughs> Um, so you said, if you love yourself, um, go play Axiom Verge, and or I said specifically, if you love yourself, go play Axiom Verge, and if you don't, then if you don't love yourself and feel love for yourself, then go play Harmony of Dissonance. And then, then, Sean, no. Then I, Do you need then, hugs? <laughs> I got hugs later. Okay. Um, so then I went and played Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. God damn it. <laughs> All of it, start to finish. So, um, so that what? game has kind of a slow start and kind of a slow end. Um, so for the first half hour, after about a half hour or so, I went on Twitter and was like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I hate these games, I hate these games, I can never touch any Castlevania games ever again. And um, then about an hour later, um, well, no, about two hours later, I kind of after about two hours of kind of stewing, and I argued with Austin on Skype for like an hour, Mm-hmm. And was just like, well, I just don't un- understand your perspective. I just can't see what you're saying about these games. I just need a break. And then I loaded it back up and played the whole thing, um, and kind of loved it. And I'm, I kind of like Agavanius now. We're gonna have some dissonance Ugh. in uh, <laughs> in our opinions. I think. Mm-hmm. Have you played I, this one? Harmony of Dissonance is goddamn boring. I okay. don't. I don't know how you managed because I played that game all the way through myself, uh-huh. and I was just bored. The I only finished it because I bought it. Oh. Okay, 
Now, at the beginning, it's just kind of this normal resistanceless Igavania thing where you're just exploring the map. Um, and you wander around for a little while and you fight kind of boring bosses for basically the whole game. All the bosses are pretty boring. Yep. And then you start, you hit into a warp room and it teleports you to a different part of the castle entirely. So now things, the, the, the um, whole dynamic is getting messed up because usually the warp rooms are only for teleporting you around to places you've already been, you know? Right. Um, and you wander around this new area for a while, and then you find a new warp room, which takes you to a different part of the castle. And then you get to a fourth warp room that takes you to the same castle, same part of the castle, mm-hmm. except it's different, and everything is different. And then you suddenly realize that for the game so far, you've been teleporting back and forth between two different castles. Um... And suddenly now you're, you, but you didn't notice because you could never have access to the same parts of two different castles. Mm-hmm. So this whole big puzzle kind of starts exploding in your head, where the this is two giant two castles that are very intimately intertwined, kind of like an other world Silent Hill thing, and kind of the puzzle of piecing out their relationship and piecing out how they work together and how they've been working together throughout the game so far without you realizing it. Um, the way they visualize this in the map is really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just wander back and forth through this, wander around this castle that works in this kind of hard-to-comprehend way. I was really lost for a good chunk of the game. And for a while, I was just kind of bashing my head against it because it's kind of confusing and obtuse. In a few which, spots, yeah. Which is really nice for me. Um in a few spots, and then I, then I once I got past those, and then once you've solved the map and everything, and you kind of solved the riddle, there's about a half hour left where you're just kind of wandering around filling in the remaining spots, and that, that part was kind of boring, but at that point I was kind of sold on the psychology of the game, so I was pretty into it even then. Here's my thing. Okay. I get that the game has a good bit of psychology behind it with how the castles are intertwined, but... <clears throat> The game itself is not fun. It is boring. It is a slog of just, here's my whip, here's my whip, whoopity-doo. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly how that game feels. It sounds as tired... I really the whip in the <laughs> I thought it was so boring and slow and crappy. It The whip is a lot better in Harmony than I think it is in Circle. Um, it... You, it, it has a nice balance where you don't commit your jumps if you're not using the whip, but then it, whenever you once you hit the whip, then your jump jump arc is committed. Mm-hmm. So when you're just running around the castle exploring, it's all kind of loosey goosey, and you're just moving as fast as you can. But then when you're in these tense combat situations, you're um, suddenly you have to be really thoughtful about how you're moving back and forth, and the dash makes a lot more sense. The front and forward dash makes a lot more sense than the weird back dash in symphony where you'd spend most of the game facing backwards and, and back then back dashing to go anywhere yeah that made no sense at all it was just dumb looking yeah it, it's a little bit like the role in the 3d zelda games where here's a big field um you can roll in it Woo! it doesn't do anything it maybe makes you go marginally faster just enough so that you feel obligated to do it the whole time because this area is kind of boring 
And that's kind of what the backdash was for me in Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harmony is this kind of weird, broken thing. And there's a side quest where you collect, for, where he just a goes into a room and goes, this room is pretty nice. Maybe I should put some furniture in it. Yeah. And then you go through the whole game and you find furniture. Yeah, yeah. Collecting furniture. And when you go back to this room, you put furniture in it. Yep. And then you get to the end. <laughs> and do you know what the reward is? You get a castle. You get a really nice room. Yeah, you get a really cool <laughs> room. I can do that. I can do that in uh, in Kirby. Uh, in in, in uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, though. And it's way cuter. <laughs> Or Animal Crossing. Or Animal Crossing. I've got, I've got Animal so Crossing. So it's like a weird bullshit Igavania boring side quest, but it's so like in your face about it that it kind of wraps around the other end and is just kind of cute. It because seems so out no, of it's place. not. It's not really like obsessive or bullshitty because you're just collecting furniture for, so you can have some furniture. Um, which is better than like collecting all of the relics and i don't know it, it's like, oh look i've got 20 more hit points Woo. yeah oh yeah getting all the different health upgrades and like circle and whatnot all the upgrades and circle were just so tedious and filling out that map was so tedious um because every single area there'd be a bunch of rooms where you'd walk to the side and there would be a kind of box that you can't break through yet and because there's like three power ups that break through different kinds of boxes, yeah. <laughs> and then you break a box, and then you get to you come back to the area later. You go back through, find all the, find all the, fill in all the dead ends with your new box power ups, and then at the end you get a health upgrade or a weapon or an MP upgrade or a heart upgrade. Yeah. And it was very eye rolly and dumb. Harmony's just throws some furniture in there, and it's not as obvious with the making you run back and revisit all these areas in this dumb way. Yeah, I get the psychology. I understand it, and I can appreciate that kind of the, the structure that it's going for. I just think that as a game, it's real boring. The fact that all the bosses are pretty bad. Kind oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. There, not really any of them are interesting. Nope. Um, I really like the way the story works, where the castle is literally a creation of this character Maxim's brain, mm-hmm. and that's that's cool to me. Yeah, that's, that's, it's got cool ideas. I like the ideas that are behind it. I just think that the game that's supporting those ideas is bad. Okay, I can't really argue with you there. <laughs> if you if you just needed me to say that, yes, that that I don't fair. need you to say that. I'm not trying uh-huh. to browbeat you into agreeing with me. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying like I it's think just it's... it's just hard when John's like given these reasons he likes the game and Paul is just like yeah, but it's bad and boring. <laughs> I, I really like how the whip feels in that game, and I feel I hate that I still feel obligated to slide everywhere, but it still feels like it moves faster than Symphony, and I don't feel like I'm just in walking in slow motion the whole time. No, John, say the whip is bad. No, the whip say is the whip is bad, John. Whip good. It's bad. <laughs> this isn't how it works, John. <laughs> also, the fact that you have hearts and MP, and at any given point, you can only be using a special attack that uses hearts or a special attack that is using MP. You can't use them both at the same time. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, it's just this really weird, dumb system. Um, the whole game is kind of like this weird, opulent, taking all these dumb things from previous Igavania, the from Symphony, basically, mm-hmm. and just kind of pushing them all the way 
Um, so the weird obsessive stuff in Symphony becomes collecting furniture for no reason. And the weird random spells becomes the even greater disconnect between MP and hearts. Um, so it's a kind of dumb, weird game yeah. that I like. I, it has so much more going on than Circle. Circle is so yeah, empty. And- it's it's kind of like the bare bones of what you need to make an Igavania. Yeah. I mean, what, what you see is opulent, I see is flatulent. <laughs> so something like Circle feels so empty in comparison, and then I feel like it has a lot more of a soul to it than something like a lot of the DS, or the, the, especially like Portrait of Ruin. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, where there's just nothing going on. I feel like there's something going on in Harmony, and I'm not going to try to sell it up as, like, the great thing, um, but I like it for what it is. That's cool. You're allowed to like things, John. Thank you. Okay. And then I went straight from that to... Um, oh, no, I didn't go straight from that. I finished 10 Billion Wives. <laughs> um, Does one ever I, truly finish it? Yeah, because I got all the achievements and all of the secret illustrations and all of the wives. But could you keep making the numbers bigger? Yes, I could keep making the numbers <laughs> then bigger. Then you have not. Nah, yeah. making the you numbers must make the numbers, numbers bigger. Uh, Anna deleted... <laughs> the correct move. Yeah, yeah. The winning move is not to play. Um, so I think that game was recommended by a previous <laughs> guest, and I like. I think a lot of the illustrations in that game are really cute, and I think that game is really dumb and evil. <laughs> I hate. I hate that game. I hate clicker games. I never want to play another clicker game. They're bad. <laughs> no. God, how did that latch into my psychology so much? Anna, too, for a while, but she freed herself from it. <sighs> the allure of waifus was too much for John. Uh, Next yeah. week. Sakura Clicker is really good, you guys. I gave, oh, these games another, no. I gave these games another shot after talking to Austin. Yeah, that's what's going to be. Austin's <laughs> yeah. going gonna to get into his head and give him more bad ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Anna was also... And it was also weirded out by a lot of the gender politics at play and the wife collecting game. Which <laughs> makes... oh, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why there'd be weird gender she politics in that. Me. She looked over at me and just said, like, this game is making me sad, John. <laughs> why are you playing it? And then, like, later on, she was in kind of a sad place and then downloaded it because it seemed like a game to play when you're sad. It's sad. Um, fuck clicker games, huh? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, God. So, <laughs> that was, that was, and then I went from back to, Ca- and then I um went ahead and played Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Um, that game's pretty that. fucking fantastic, huh? I have, I have not played it. Oh, okay. Oh, I, boy. I, skipped, I skipped it because I was just so burnt out by Harmony After of Dissonance. I almost seem to like this one. This is the best one. Yeah. I had to go on and beat Arya because at that point I'd beaten every Igovania game except for Arya. Because um, I beat the DS games in high school and yeah. thought they were fine and the, the bee's knees. But then um, I fell away from them and then I didn't. I, pl- I kind of half played Symphony with like a walkthrough. So I didn't really play it that th- really appreciate it at all. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of completed my relationship with these games now. Now I can just look forward to Bloodstained. Um, <laughs> But Aria of Sorrow is the best one. Um, it's probably the shortest one, 
which is nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, it, um, one of the, so instead of having hearts and, and it's just so smart, everything about it is so much smarter than the dumb previous games in comparison. <laughs> um, cause instead of having hearts and MP, you just have MP. If you collect hearts out of candles, they raise your MP faster. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> instead of having a backdash that moves faster than walking, you just have a backdash with a slight delay after it. So you backdash away from enemy attacks, but you don't just fucking backdash everywhere around the castle. You just have a walk animation that's fast enough that you feel comfortable just moving at a regular speed. That makes so much sense. That makes sense. Instead of collecting fucking furniture and smell or spells and relics and familiars and like symphony is just a fucking mess there's so much going on in that game that just isn't really developed at all it's so weird um you just collect there every single monster in the game has a soul and if you kill the monster enough times then it'll give you its soul and then you can use that soul as an attack yeah so great you've you've condensed all of the stuff down into this very streamlined simple system that has kind of a fun pokemon-esque appeal to it where you're where suddenly you're not just killing enemies to raise experience points you're also catching the pokemon (laughs) um, which can which moves straight up into giving you more attacks so instead of giving you instead of having a whole bunch of weird extra weapons instead of having like six different armor weapons and armor slots like in harmony you have three Mm -hmm. um symphony had one for your left hand and one for your right for some reason (laughs) Uh, and two different buttons. It was really weird. Yeah. So everything about Arya, just systems-wise, how your character interacts with the world, just instantly makes so much more sense it's, than any it's of the other streamlined games. in a very sensible way. Yeah. It's just sensible and clean, where Harmony was this opulent mess, and Symphony was this experimental hodgepodge. Yeah. Um, and Circle of the Moon was fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> And then Dawn of the Sorrow, um, which was the first one of these I ever played, um, makes it so that you can collect the same soul multiple times in order to make it stronger. Yeah. And some of the rarest souls in the game can be, you can level it up up to nine times, which entails hours and hours of grinding on the same enemy. Yeah. So Dawn of Sorrow took this neat little system and then made it even more, into even more obsessive bullshit. Um, where in Aria, it's very clean and nice and you can engage with it as much as you like. I didn't collect, try to collect all of the souls, and I feel okay for that. That's cool. If I, if I wanted to, I would have felt okay with that, too. Um, it has the best castle, I think, maybe outside of Symphony. Um, I really like the different... It, it, the different areas feel distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the best story of the bunch, like, by far. Um, the twist is the premise of Dawn of Sorrow, where your character is actually, actually is the reincarnation of Dracula and finds out at the very end. Um, and then Spoilers! you Spoilers! Have- yeah, sorry about that. And you fight the Belmont, and then you go basically into your character's mind to battle for his own soul. And it's really nice, and it made me cry. Um, go, go, fight the Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> they play this little... They have this long battle with Julius Belmont and then about two minutes in Heart of Fire from Castlevania 1 starts playing and it's just really cool yeah it is um so 
and then it ends and it ends like after like three four hours and I, I explored the whole castle there's no second castle that like that's really the only problem with symphony's castle is the inverted castle because suddenly this pretty tight cool pacing just gets dropped for this really boring slog at the very end yeah um so aria is like almost just self-evidently like the best one to me like i can't imagine anything <laughs> really holding up any of the others um for what this game accomplishes mm. uh and I think it's just the, kind of the pinnacle of post-Rondo Castlevania. Hmm. And it was a great fucking note to leave off on, right? <laughs> yeah, we would hope that you would know to leave well enough alone. So I went and played Dracula X on the SNES. <laughs> that um, game! Fuck that game. That game is just, uh... <laughs> it's, it's alright. It's not great, though. Yeah, it's... Eh. I really thought at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is kind of like adventure. It's a little too demanding with the pixel-perfect platforming. And oh, what- good lord. But I can dig this. But then by the end of it, I felt like I had to, like, basically break the game in order to consistently get through certain areas. It reminded me of Ghosts and Goblins on the super- on the NES. Yeah. Um, where, like, there's this one area right before Dracula, and then the Dracula fight itself is just... Just, come on. Yeah. It is just crap and the fact that it was besmirching the legacy of what is you know basically the best castlevania game is yeah yeah even more sour tasting i don't know why they stripped that game as much as they did and turned it into what it is when i'm pretty sure rondo of blood would have worked just fine on the super nintendo yeah they just completely they gutted it of everything that made it a unique game Mm mm-hmm but kept the sprites. And yeah, the sprites are, like, that game looks fantastic. Yeah, and it sounds great, too. They really did a good job taking the Red Book audio and condensing it to the Super Nintendo, I felt but like. it does not play very well. <sighs> so, at all. I didn't play any more Castlevania <laughs> games after that. Um, Thank the Lord. So I was wait, re- ready John, to love myself. Yeah? Has the curse been broken? <laughs> yes. Because I think I loaded up Pokemon Gold. And oh, oh my God, <laughs> damn it. I'm not going to talk about Pokemon Gold or King Colossus, which is the latest hashtag SNS plays 2015 game, mm-hmm. um, because I haven't finished them yet, and I'll talk about them on a later podcast. Oh, Pokemon boy. King Colossus seems really cool so far. I was uh, reminded about how you've, like, gushed over the ending of Pokemon Gold so many times, and then realized, oh, wait, he never actually played it. Yeah, that's pretty silly. I went back <laughs> on the Game Boy list, and I totally ragged on Castlevania Adventure 1. I called it abysmal without ever playing it. So, fuck me, past me, huh? <laughs> yeah, way to go. I, like, I just already know if I'm going to like or dislike things. Yeah, he's, he's like, that guy, that fucker liked Other M, Jesus. Oh, oh. oh, all right. I still have his review to prove it. Yeah, I didn't ask you to take it down or anything. It's there. Um. Ooh, God. Ooh. I should, There's even I, some language in that I don't like, like Reed was saying. <laughs> I should load that review up and just read it. I should just publish my rant I did on that game. <laughs> Oof. Um. But yeah, I, I the curse was bro- the curse was lifted. Um, <laughs> I went on a nice camping trip. Oh no, no! Before that, I um played Ghouls and Ghosts just like four times through. Um, on like Genesis, and that game is so good. Yep, that's a really good game. 
Yeah, that sold me on the Ghosts and Goblins series. Doesn't give well, en- the, the the Genesis game does not get enough love. Yeah, that's my favorite of the bunch that I played so far. I want to go back and play the original arcade game. That's, yeah, that's like, really good too. The Genesis one is a different game, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the second one. I think it's a port of the second arcade game. Uh, uh, I think they made it softer in a couple ways, like you can continue infinitely and whatnot. Yeah. So the Genesis one is probably the way to go. Yeah. So it's like the NES has the first game, and then SNES has the third one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't want to play the NES version of. No. Oh, it's bad. oh really? Yeah, it's very bad. The NES game uh-huh. is so bad. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think that game runs at 15 frames a second. Did? I think Arena played that. Oh, yeah, yeah. CX. Yeah, he's played that numerous times, oh, I believe. Man. Yeah. 15? What? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, like, clunky game. It doesn't mm. run very well. Jesus. I brought it up earlier. It's like, I felt like I had to break the game to glitch out enemies in order to get through yeah. some stuff. Yeah. It's just really weird. They they apparently did, um, it was apparently ported by Micronic, Micronics, yeah. who did Ikari Warriors mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters. Yep. Elevator Action Athena. Those are a lot oh, of bad games. All the row. NES bangers. <laughs> they really were just th- hurling them out. And then um, Ghosts and Goblins is just... And then Ghouls and Ghosts on the Genesis is I think just they did, so good. I think they did 1942 and 1943 as well. Yep, I see 1942 on the wiki page I'm reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Ghouls and Ghosts is fantastic, and that made me want... Basically, the promise of Ghosts and Goblins has always been it was kind of basically Capcom's Castlevania. yeah. And I'd never felt like it was living up to that promise. Um, but now I, I get it. <laughs> Ghouls yeah. and Ghosts is fantastic. I want to play the arcade game. Maybe do the Super Nint- try the Super Nintendo game again. Um, and then probably the updated PSP game. The oh, one that the PSP out. game is so good. Yeah. Cause... Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins. That game is so mm-hmm. good and very, very, very difficult. Cool. It yeah, I'm, beat I'm your that. ass. Like, it took me the long... Like, it took me the longest time to be able to clear the first stage consistently. Cool. Didn't they reintroduce the um, up and down, the cardinal direction shooting? Mm-hmm. Cool. They introduced that, and there's also, like, a very, like, a, a weird level-up system where you can, like, level-up power-ups. It's kind of I think interesting. They, I think they introduced a, um, a revamped version called Kai um, mm-hmm. in Japan only that offers you the option to play it just as a straightforward Ghosts and Goblins game, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, minus the collecting, like, the double jump in the second half and after the first level and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, good shit. Ghosts yes. and Goblins is cool. Fantastic. Play play Gargoyle's Quest on the Game Boy. That game's really good. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, I like Gargoyle's Quest. Oh, I should play the other two. Yes. Um, and those are all the games I really wanted to talk about in depth. I played... Just on the way back from a car, from a um, camping trip mm-hmm. the other day, I played Bubble Bobble. Hell yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah, I played it all wrong. I played it on the NES over in like hour long chunks alone. Nah, um, it's not. It's not how you do it, son. Nope. Nope. Yeah, you, but, you do a thirty episode LP where yeah, each episode you... is twenty <laughs> seconds long. That was the best <laughs> April Fool's gag ever. <laughs> um. So I want to play. The, I think Anna saw me playing a little bit of it. She told me that she played it as a kid and mm-hmm. hated it. Aww. And then she watched me playing it and was like, "Oh, I played that as a kid. I should. We should play that." And I was like, "What? Yes, play it <laughs> I together. To play this with you. Yes, do that. It will to. be fun. Do an LP of that. Yes, 
I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Stream that admit, shit she, out. She really loves Dig Dug, so maybe I can try to sell it as like yeah, I think you like can definitely Dig Dug. I love me some Dig Dug. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bubble Bobble's really all right. So Andrew's <laughs> apparently like designed as a game to be played by couples. Yes, it is. That's so nice. Yeah, it, I love I love everything about that game. Mm-hmm. So I came off of that game being like, eh, and then I was like, wait a minute, I just completely was not trying to meet this game halfway. Yeah. I was like, if it's good, then I can play it anywhere I want, and it'll shine through. No. And because I, I was kind of thinking about Secret of Mana, where I was like, <laughs> everyone's like, you have to play this game two-player, then it's good. And I was like, I played this game one-player, and it was trash, and then I played it two-player, and it's still trash. And then, and then it made me <laughs> sad. And then it made us both sad. It gave me two people sad. So I was yeah. like, if Bubble Bobble's good, then I should be able to play it alone and appreciate it. And I did. Um, most of it. I just It just drags, kind of drags on when you're playing it. It's pretty long, yeah. Yeah, it's I think there are, uh, there are, what, 64 levels? I thought it was like 100. Yeah, 100, I, I played up to like 100 that. levels when oh, you're playing oh, single I thought there was a way to go past 100 on the NES There, one. There is, I think, but you yeah. have to be playing it two-player. Um, and I was bored at that point anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely play and, that with uh, with Anna. I think that you, you two will yes. really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think um, in the second half of the game, it, it puts up a lot where obstacles start to feel a little more random and a little harder to manage. Mm-hmm. Again, where you're trying to have to feel like you're kind of breaking things to progress. Um, and I feel like maybe a lot of those obstacles are easier to handle with two people. Yeah. Level 57 in particular is just stupid. Yeah. I skipped, I think, about five levels <laughs> by the time I finished. I was like, uh, I, I get the idea. I'm just playing this to finish it. But, yeah. But if I play it with a person, with a friend, with a wife, with a wonderful person, <laughs> um, then I, I bet think- it's a lot more fun. I was thinking, though, how... I always think, like, when people say, oh, this game's really fun with a friend, it's like, well, anything is more fun with other people. Mm -hmm. But I think you have actually managed to disprove my theory with Secret of Mana. Yeah. Where that game got actually more insufferable when two people were playing. We got in there farther than I did when I played it single player. (laughs) Um, We just, by the time we realized what was going on, it was just that much more sad. Yeah. Although, to his credit... This is the exact whenever I'm like angry mad about something online, I'm trying to kind of inspire people who like the thing to tell to, you why they like to it. Tell me why they like it. And fucking finally someone <laughs> came oh, up yeah. and like wrote a really long Pat wrote a really long thing on his blog about why he liked Secret of Mana and it was just like thank you. It was so good. Yeah. It was really nice and meaningful and lovely and it it made sense. And it didn't necessarily change your mind. No, but, but it made oh. sense. It helps, like to like, like, because yeah, I like to like, like when I play a game or something I don't like, I like to read reviews of people that do like it to see like what is it you got out of this? Like what are you seeing that I'm not? Or what about this clicks for you but doesn't necessarily click for me and my taste personally? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just get inside other people's perspectives. It feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And his his write up on that was about memory and friendships, and yeah, really it was very cool. depressing. Also, so also yes, yeah. Um, that that said, his thing kind of did boil down to time and a place for that game. Yeah, yep. Which was kind of what I was trying to tell you, but he did it obviously much better. Yeah. <laughs> like, when that game came out, it was still kind of mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's very maybe now it controls like shit in <laughs> hindsight. Um, so. 
like the friendships that got broken because of that game. Yeah, <laughs> oh god. Jeez. Yeah. Beyond easy Yes, I'm uh, gonna check that out. So if you want to see a person who loved Secret of Mana as a kid and loves it now, kind of talk about it. That's cool shit. Yeah. Uh, I kinda wish he had done the big like Final Fantasy style write ups for those. Yeah. Yes. I mean I'm not convinced that there's still I'm still not convinced that there's that much to talk about. Yeah. Which he said is his yeah. problem trying to do that. Um, they're just pretty. <laughs> Final Fantasy Adventure is really good, though. Um, so I also I played one more game just because I had a half finished file from two years ago, and then I wanted to go back and beat it. I beat WarioWare Inc. on the Game Boy. Great game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I love that's, I love the WarioWare series today. Yeah. That's the closest that mainstream video games comes to anon- like Ananize aesthetic yeah. making games. <laughs> It was so just like, oh my god, I get this now completely. Yeah, it's I, just these mega micro games. It's just like, yes. they're just like five to six second things, and you just interact with them very briefly, and it's done. Oh god, they're so, the the WarioWare do-it-yourself thing I've read about, that's so cool. I've uh, played the, it, I've played it, and it, it just like, for what you can do, it just feels a little too limited to be able to actually do anything. Like, Gotcha. Like, I didn't have a good time with it. It was just kind of like... Uh, I'm trying here, but like I'm not really getting this thing to do what I need it to do because the functionality isn't there. Gotcha. That's a pain. Yeah. Um, but WarioWare is really inspiring for me, and I love those games. Yeah, those just yeah. That, there was nothing like that uh, when mm-hmm. it came out, and ever since then there have been a lot of really interesting other takes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I on beat a... the Wii one. I, I have the Touch one. Yeah. Um, I'm probably if we do another game swap. I think you said at one point that Twisted was your favorite. And isn't that game really expensive now? Oh, yeah, that game's super okay. expensive now. Didn't gotcha. that game come out after the DS? I Even though sure. it like only works on a GBA? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't remember. If we if yeah. we do another game swap thing, maybe I'll ask for Twisted. There you go. There you go. Oh, jeez. That'll, That'll work. Send it back after a little while. Yeah. yeah. I've, never um, played that I've only had your copy of Breath of Fire for six months. Well, I haven't started East. Oh, that's his yeah. copy? Yeah, I have yeah. his. Yeah, we we like I traded him um East, East Ark of Nakashtim and uh he traded Nakashtim. me Nakashtim. Mm-hmm. It's he... pretty convenient because as long as either neither of us have really started it, the other one um can feel The other one you know doesn't have to feel, feel bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like no, a... I've started Breath of Fire 5. Oh yeah. Know, but once I what once I really want Breath of Dragon Quarter back, I'll just play E six. There you go. That'll 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 get the process going. That'll get it going. Yeah. Um, and that's all the games I played, and I had a really nice time with a lot of them. I'm gonna go back and beat um, Pokemon Crystal and King Colossus because of my commitment to the spirit of the hashtag SNS plays 2015, <laughs> beginning with that, which is a great thing. I think we're if we. If we get enough people beating King Colossus, which looks really fun, play, I play about half of it and it's really good. Cool. Um, we'll do a joint podcast where we do Defenders of Oasis and um, King Colossus. Cool. If you guys do that, uh, let me know and I'll host it on the uh, Soxcast RSS feed. Radical. Thank you so much. No problem. Cool. Um, and yeah, I kind of want to play Fantasy Star 2, but I want to hold off until I um, beat Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I'm at. No, it, there's one more thing. Oh, my God. I went on an extended camping trip mm-hmm. um, this weekend. Okay, so it was a weekend long camping trip. So not extended. And I hung out at the beach. And I grabbed a book that I started a month ago and read a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wind-Up Bird Chronicle by Haruki Murakami. Mm-hmm. And that 
book is like 600 really dense pages long. And I got it for me um, like almost three years ago for my birthday. Um, and I read almost the whole thing over the weekend. And I finished it actually earlier today. It's a good um, thing to do. Lay on a beach, read a yep. book. It's the best place to read a book. I've read so uh, like Lately, I've finished probably half the books I read in the last year have mm-hmm. been just on beaches. Um out of you know like five <laughs> uh so beaches are great um red nevada on a beach last a couple of months ago that was really fun so haruki mirakami i read hard-boiled wonderland on the end of the world and i read that because <laughs> he's apparently he's basically like probably the most famous japanese author west side in the west but naturally i heard about him because he was buddies with shigesato itoi yeah itoi. yeah um wrote a thing with him and I had beaten Mother 3 and Earthbound and read a lot about them. And I think Tim Rogers wrote at length about the connection with Haruki Murakami's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to read Hardwell Wonderland and the End of the World a couple years ago and loved it. And I think this one was even better. It was just that kind of big epic tome where you keep reading it and keep reading it and it stays involving. And it's just all these little pieces just moving together assembling in these really poetic ways and then you put it down and you just feel really satisfied in this kind of spiritual way it's really cool Rhett what John's talking about is a book you see this Uh, would like if I was going to give you an analog this would be like if you sat down and watched like 28 episodes of an anime in one day that's kind of what he did but he did it but but his was like like, like, manga it's (laughs) less less pictures more words Okay. Yeah, mm. it's kind of like that. I did a bunch of like housekeeping today and shopping and groceries and whatnot, and I wanted to do all that and read Wind Up Bird Chronicle and finish Yuri Kuma, um, which <laughs> I which the world has conspired to keep me from finishing three times lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt I honestly felt like that was sort of a good follow up, and um, I didn't finish it for the podcast, so I'll bring that up next time. Um, which that show's fucking great. It's by the Utena guy. You and nailed it. You nailed there we it. Go. There we go. And congratulations. <laughs> it's probably it's re watched Penguin Drum, which is probably uh-huh. the weakest of his three main shows and definitely the hardest to get into. Mm-hmm. Um and, the winner. And didn't give Utena Utena a proper chance at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show's bad. also that show's also thirty seven episodes. Um, Yuri Kuma is 12 episodes and has lots of cute girls that are in love with each other and is also really thoughtful and um, deals with kind of the the ways that Japan's media handles um, lesbian women versus how terribly the, the world actually versus how Japanese culture treats them, yeah. which is also terribly. But yes, so it handles kind of that intersection um really well and meaningfully mm-hmm. and like Utena and Sailor Moon he worked with a a female mangaka uh Ikuhara worked with a female mangaka author who started from the same basic place and wrote her a different story using the same kind of setup yeah um and then let the manga inform his work as he let his work inform her manga and 
it all just is really nice. That's a really and, cool exchange uh, to, yeah. to, to be a part of and like, you know, letting someone else's work inspire your own and, you know, taking inspire, you know, taking inspiration from theirs as well. It's a really cool idea. Absolutely. So I, I said I was going to wait until next time, but I've watched all but one episode. I think it's <laughs> going to wrap up very nicely. Um, and I think that show is super amazing and I really love it. And I re- just like I've really loved all of Ikuhara's stuff. And I think this is probably his most like concise and just well-told singular story. Um, and I recommend re check it out. I think it's up your alley. <laughs> it's called lesbian bear storm. <laughs> it's up your alley. <laughs> it's, it's still the best, there. still the best damn name ever. I s- I've seen your Tumblr. It's up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. Nailed it. Fucking called out. Um, Shit. <laughs> I've um, seen your Tumblr. <laughs> I've seen... God damn! Uh, I think there was a lot of um, um, fervor all when that show was coming out because it has a lot of Yuri elements starting out and some of the kind of tame nakedness at the beginning mm-hmm. and that kind of tapers off. But um, some people... Were, there was the kind of the big talk about whether or not it was exploitative and whatnot. And I feel yeah. like that conversation tapered as the show progressed because it became obvious that it wasn't at least... To my eyes, which aren't very educated, um, so I think it's a really good show, and horror. that's all. Cool. I'm cool. thinking of like a horror movie now where the killer's just like, "I've seen your Tumblr." <laughs> Instead of "I know what you did last summer," it's like, "I know what you've been posting on Tumblr. I've seen I your blogs." <laughs> Hashtag love life. I know what you did on Tumblr. <laughs> Coming to theaters 2016. Get ready. Somebody's really gonna do it. <laughs> I think re- reblogged a Monster Masume thing. Oh, the Spider Girl, yeah. Yeah. That was for John, though. He yeah. Did yep. He did that all for you. And specifically called me in the. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Cool. So, um, how's our early access doing, Rhett? Oh, we're just we're moving from words now and we're just gonna go with sound effects it's just various grunts and farts <laughs> i approve which should be no surprise to anyone that knows me by this point oh my god those fucking file names you did on the fantasy star thing <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> i'm i'm sick right help me <laughs> Like, you go to start the game, and there's just four <laughs> files, and they say, like, Polly thinks farts are funny. <laughs> that was some effort. Into fart, that. <laughs> fart face poop butt. <laughs> <laughs> I am such an idiot. Rat, do we have any news? Oh, right, I was going to skip to emails accidentally. <laughs> news, um, I closed the tab. <laughs> oh. Oh. Armika's in Street Fighter Five. Yay! I think she has just... big boobs. They're gigantic. Are you, are, are you offended by her design? I wouldn't say offended. I just think it's like, oh, great, <laughs> another one, another one. Good. I think she's hilarious looking. It's so dumb. Because like, I don't see how people can get mad over it. Because she's she's obviously just like this character of like kind of wrestling and stuff. Yeah, and like. Her attacks are like butt squeezes and yeah. stuff. <laughs> so stupid. 
It's just like, and the people who want Street Fighter to be like this serious fighting game. It's are like, come like, on, dude! Look, you got you got guys throwing fireballs at each other. Okay. Yeah. You, you're not awesome. a serious thing. Yeah. You don't get to be high and mighty. It's just like wow! Like this game has a limited roster, and that's who gets in. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Like I'm not offended by her design. I just, yeah. I just, I just kind of look at it and go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's goofy. Yeah. Do you want to read the next one? Uh, which one? Splatoon. Oh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this is probably the best news is that uh, <laughs> the Splatoon soundtrack is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the soundtrack is named simply <laughs> Splatoon. But it is spelled S-P-L-A-T-U-N-E. They could not have done a better job. I've never been I'm more, so happy. I've never been more proud of Nintendo than I am in this very moment. That's such a goddamn <laughs> like I I had never even thought of that. And then I just I saw that picture and I saw T U N E and I just like now I know how You're everybody feels bastards. Now I know how everybody feels when I do those. <laughs> You feel amazing. Yeah, it's great. I loved it so much. Everything about Splatoon is fantastic. Like, yeah. there's nothing about it that is bad. It is a great little game. It's a great, great character designs, and it's got a great fucking... It, there's a lot of great minds behind what's going on with Splatoon. Yeah. And the soundtrack seems pretty good. In all yeah. Ways. Definitely. Just, maybe if there was a way to play Wii U games that wasn't the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. I have a copy of Splatoon. Oh, that's right. You weirdos bought the game in the system. I bought a copy of Splatoon because I thought I was going to be getting a Wii U soon. And then it's like, oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, no, wait. Your car died. You need to buy Uh, a car now. Well, somebody's birthday is coming up. Chill, chill. (laughs) Shots fired. Uh, In other Nintendo news, there's a Shovel Knight Amiibo coming out. That's not as exciting as the other Shovel Knight-related mm-hmm. piece of, of merchandise coming out. It's a singing Trouple King plushie. That's way better That's than a fucking true. Amiibo. Fuck the Amiibo, man. I got me I got <laughs> me a split. I got me a goddamn Trouple King that sings. And he's huggable. Cool. Ta- you can't hug an Amiibo. They're like hard plastic, you, you, right? You could try. You could try. I mean, anything's a dildo if you want to try it. <laughs> What's that Yoshi thing? That's There's like... a yarn Yoshi, but you know, oh, is it still like a giant version of that as well? Yeah. Well, okay. The reason I put this Shovel Knight amiibo on here mm-hmm. is because they did this like promo video for it with like the games Game Grumps guys. Yeah, yeah, it was and actually like, really good. And I'm like, oh, cool, they're doing an amiibo, and then they're like. And with this amiibo, you'll get exclusive co-op mode in Shovel Knight. I'm like, fucking really? Fuck you. What? Kiss my ass. Yeah, it really kind of soured the whole thing for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That just ruins the whole thing. They're going to have two players. Fun. They're selling yeah. DLC with a fucking toy, and they're overselling what this DLC would cost by making it a fucking toy. And the, But then it's also Wii U exclusive. Yeah. Mm. Uh, fuck off, uh, Yacht Club. Oh. Oh. 
What? It's shitty. Sure. I'm going to call people yeah. shitty when they do shitty things, even though I fucking love Shovel Knight. That's a shit move. Yeah, it's disappointing because there's no reason co-op would be. There's no reason that it needs to be tied to a fucking amiibo at all. There's no need. Or even, to re- it or even needs just the to, platform. Yeah, it's like fuck off. I wish they'd done something different because, like, PS4 got like the Kratos boss file, and Xbox got Battle Toads. Yeah, and this gets a co-op mode. It's, it's just weird. God, that's it's behind the amiibo. Yeah, that's really stupid. Yeah, it it just sucks when you're like excited for something and then it's like, oh, you fucking. Oh, you fucked it up. Just yeah. like just just like any other just like a triple A dev would, you fucked it up. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you, Square Enix, your Deus Ex pre order <laughs> bullshit oh, nonsense. God. Go right That's up your shit. own fucking ass. What is going on with video games? Video games are getting <laughs> more and more gross. Yeah. The Shovel Knight thing, like the Neo Gaff thread was a fucking train fire cause it felt like this is the biggest thing I've held behind an amiibo so far. It is, like, yeah, but like by far, actually. Even though Splatoon has like stages and shit, it's, but people are like, "Oh, those are just reused with different weapons." But yeah, it's like challenge modes or things where they like kind of yeah. like they, they they take one of the maps and rework it into a different challenge, just from what I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like if it's fine if you want the amiibo just as a figure and then hey it's a bonus but if you want the co-op mode and you have to buy this dumb figure they, probably they're be super only, yeah they're never gonna you're never gonna find one yeah physical fucking DLC fuck off so sorry to be all negative there nah fuck off fuck <laughs> off yacht oh my god fuck you Nintendo and fuck you yacht club oh my god Fuck you, Square Enix, just but for good measure. Still buying that Tropical King. But I'm still buying Tropical King. <laughs> Tropical King is awesome. Put your money where your mouth is. Support Tropical King. Put your Tropical where your mouth is. <laughs> In other news, Twitch has been playing Dark Souls. And, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the most boring thing oh my ever. God. So I wasn't going to bring this up. Like, I think this has been going for a while. Like, So the first six days of this were just fucking nonsense. Yeah. So it was just people, like, running in circles in the asylum. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Twitch has, like, a 30-second delay. But for some reason, like, just because of the novelty of it and because it's finally been a little bit of time since Twitch plays Pokemon, which fucking burned itself out by oh, doing every God. game. Yeah. So it's, like, that should have been, like, a yearly event. Yeah. But it wasn't, mm-hmm. and then it burned itself out pretty hard. So it's been like a year and a half since that. People were amused at the idea of Twitch plays Dark Souls. But it was a fucking train wreck at first. Like, it was unplayable. What did you expect it to be? Exactly. So it's like, this isn't actually a good fit. People are, it's just getting news coverage because it's funny. Yeah. But then after six days, they did something where, like, I guess DS Fix actually has a pause function. So what? the game. Yeah. Apparently I did not this, know that. This was in there the whole time. I'm sure if you use it online, like, they'll fucking ban you or something, so they're almost certainly playing offline. Yeah. But, uh, they implemented a thing now where the game pauses for, like, 30 seconds and tallies all the votes for what the player should do and then unpauses for, like, one second. Oh, my God. So, wait. It's, like, unwatchable, but there are people out there, for whatever reason, fucking playing it like this. And the game is getting done now. They just beat uh, 
Gaping, gaping Dragon? They beat Gaping Dragon last night. It was like a three-hour fight in real time. Oh, my. Oh. So now, every time they beat something, people will go and take, like, the video and edit out all the delays. Yeah. So it's just, like, what happened in real time in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this stuttery mess of, like, yeah. the character swinging their sword, then standing there, then, like, doing an awkward roll. <laughs> And it's it's amazing to watch though, and it's just like, were these kids like sitting there for three hours to make sure this dragon gets killed? That's so dumb. But I want to see if they can do it, and I bet they can, honestly, because you can kind of over level in Dark Souls. Oh yeah, totally. But like their movement is just so bad, even with the delay. Like they're not good at rolling. Nah. But Ornstein and Smo will be interesting. Oh god, they're going to be there for a month. I don't. I think they can just get strong enough because they got the Zweihander. Oh, they've, if they've got the Zwei, <laughs> oh, if they've got the Zweihander, yeah. then they're probably in good shape. Like there was oh, a Capra Demon the fight. Zweihander. Oh, it's fine. That's a good weapon. But their Capra Demon fight was just like walking in and hitting R one, and like they just tank through his first hit because they're in the animation of swinging. Yeah, and they just fucking like just keep hitting R one and just tank them. <laughs> just like, oh man, you guys are really just mashing through this, aren't you? <laughs> That's pretty funny. So it it went from like a, an un a, a, an unsustainable joke to actually something that's going to get beaten. Yeah, actually, yeah. uh-huh. and that's kind of neat. While oh, also no. being a lot more boring. <laughs> it is unwatchable. Seriously, like I turned it on and just had it in the background. It's like every thirty seconds you hear like a footstep, like the clink. It's kind of creepy. And then Twitch plays Dark Souls Two coming right oh. after. Don't worry. <laughs> If they do it, it'll die faster than Twitch plays Pokemon. More than likely. Nobody gives a shit after. Because Dark Souls has, like, the reputation of, you know, hardest game ever and shit. And this news story didn't seem to get a lot of press, but there was a patent issued for a new Nintendo home console. And it doesn't use discs. That's interesting. That is interesting. And there was this other thing in it. Specifically, like, the wording was, like, cartridge can determine which version of hardware it's in. So I think this pointed heavily towards them doing, like, a split handheld and console version for their next system. That does sound... uh, Yeah. Where they each use, like, the same kind of 3DS-ish carts. Yeah. And then it can tell if it's... And it also said, like, screen and controller. Uh, yeah. I think I see where we're going then. Yeah. Or it could be a Wii U that uses carts, but that's probably... I, I, yeah, I think this is well, definitely forward Their handhelds are their, like, best property, right? Their most successful yeah. property. Oh. So that kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's funny how, like, the handhelds have always kind of outsold the home. Yeah, the consoles. DS was so huge. Yeah, as big as, as big as the Wii was, the DS still outsold it. God. God. So if they can make, like, their next, like, 4DS or whatever and have that kind of running all the current Wii U games, mm-hmm. that would be pretty nice. Because mm-hmm. I think fucking Mario Maker on a handheld... Gimme. Killer app. Gimme, gimme, I, give I, me. I don't just think t- killer app. I think that, like, creates a generation of game designers. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I think that's transformative. That's Eon um, mm-hmm. era-defining. Absolutely. 
that's that that's, that's would be really good. good. That that that's interesting. It'll be interesting to see like what yeah you know if that even is a th- like unless they're just filing a patent to protect something they're working on but might not necessarily be working on that will be released. We've heard a, about the NX for like a year already. Yeah, though. yeah. Like they got something for next year. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> And it's it's hilarious though, like how Nintendo is it to go back to carts? Yeah, it's very <laughs> Nintendo. What do you you know? Just, yeah, <laughs> just you gotta stick to your roots, I guess. I mean, and it is the faster medium. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, because oh, you couldn't have money though. It it wouldn't make sense to have discs in a handheld. No, not at all. It's like if they're gonna share media, then it has to go that way. Yeah, or just be download. But I'm sure they'll have download as well. We see how well that worked for Sony. Uh, yeah, don't do download only, especially that, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, that'd be just all. That'd be a train wreck. Yeah. So that's news. That's news. Do we have any questions? Remember, if you've got those questions, you can send them. The, you can send them on in to us uh, on the old Twitter box at smps underscore updates or podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy dot net. Rhett, hit me. We got a bunch uh, emails first. Hey, SoxCast, I love the podcast. I only discovered you guys were finally doing a podcast after randomly checking the main site after a year or two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know I feel bad about it, but you know how life is, but I'm finally all caught up. Anyways, you guys are doing a great job, and I can't wait to hear more going forward. We love you, too. Yay, thank you. My question is, if any of you have one specific game you've tried to get into many times, uh... You enjoy it, but you just can't seem to make it click. Like a game you just feel you know you'd like, but it never happened. Hmm. For, for me, that game was Far Cry 2. Where and then it took, it you... took me three tries to finally actually get into it and finish it. Mm. Uh, mm. A game that like I know I should like, but it hasn't clicked. Uh, like, I keep going back to Dust Force... And thinking that, that 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 is a game like it's just like I know that this game is good, I just don't like it. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like how strict it is. And like I was, I was just watching a video of that today, being like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Yeah, like <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, like you have to get all S ranks in order to even progress in the game. Like, oh jeez, yeah. it's, it's so difficult. It's just like, and you've got to in like the time. You've got to do it in, like, a specific time, with like, destroying a certain number of enemies. Uh, and it's just, like, all of these requirements to fulfill an S-rank are just ridiculous, and you've got to do that for every stage. And it's just, like, Jeez. I want to like you. I love how you feel. I like how I play you. But if you were a little less, you know, strict with how I could get through the game, I probably would really, really freaking like that game. Mm-hmm. You read anything you can think of? He said Far Cry 2. Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry, I was still trying to figure <laughs> out. Um, I, I tried Illusion of Gaia like two or three times. Um, oh. I need... Yeah. That I'm really... Wa- that, game's good. that game's good. <laughs> I didn't I didn't put that much effort into it. But, you okay. know, I try. There was a couple times where I'd play two hours in and then just not... Mm. Uh, there's a number of um, RPGs like that, like Super Mario RPG. Mm. Uh, yeah. Just need to... Just need to play it. I, I know it's fun. Terra Enigma. Mm-hmm. I, I think what I'm just going to do is play Soul Blazer cause, and then just do them in order because I've had a number of people be like, yeah, Soul Blazer's really cute and cool and neat. Yeah, yeah I like Soul and Blazer. So 
I was like, oh, I should start with the best one. And it would definitely benefit you to play those games in order because I think those games get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Soul Blazer, I think is the weakest of the three games, uh, just mm-hmm. because but it's also like the shortest. it's the shortest. But it, you know, it was also released pretty soon after uh, the SNES came out, so it's definitely gotcha. like a we're you know kind of getting our feet wet trying to learn you know how to make games on this new hardware and kind of thing. But I think that going forward, Illusion of Gaia and Terra Enigma are just like fantastic games. Cool. Yeah, I'll just start. I'll just want to play through those that as a trilogy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me personally, like, I have so many games now where it's like, if something doesn't grab me right away, I probably don't revisit it. Mm. Like, another game I kind of just never grasped and got into was Oblivion, which I played after Fallout 3, and it was just like, this game seems like crap, you guys. And obviously I'm never going to go back to it post-Skyrim now. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. This is less a single game, but I've never really gotten into Rockstar games. Yeah, it's understandable. I think all of their games definitely have a very specific. Yeah, me flow. neither. They have a very specific. Like, yeah, I tried to play Bully and just didn't click. Tried to play Grand Theft Auto Four, didn't click. Played uh, like half of Red Dead Redemption. I'm like, this is fine, um, but I'm not like this is the greatest thing ever. Like everybody else mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I like GTA Four, but I don't think it's the greatest thing ever. In fact, I think it is a <laughs> severely flawed game with a lot of bad decisions behind I think- it. I think that game has the worst controls of anything ever. Really? The, everything in that. The fucking melee combat? Oh, the melee combat is terrible. That's why well, I go get it. What the fuck is that? That's why I go what get it. What the fuck is that? That's why I go get a gun. <laughs> but the the shooting is bad, too. The shooting isn't terrible. Aren't, aren't there por- parts in the story where you like you have to fight anyways? Oh, Like, obviously, um, I'm not doing that of my own volition unless the game is, like, forcing me to. Like, I think there are only... There's only, like, one or two, like... Oh, there must be one early on, because I remember having to Yeah, play. there's one, like, the first mission you do, you have to go beat some dude up. Yeah. Um, And then you and get then it, a gun right after that. And then if you fail a mission... Oh, yeah, you have to do the whole <laughs> damn mission, and not just redo the whole mission, you're put back to the last point where the game saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's bad. Drive like, back to the mission. So you yeah, have to drive that. back to the mission spot, then drive back to the mission. Yeah, it's really, really like like failing in those earlier GTA games is not fun. Um, yeah. they fixed yeah. it. They fixed it for the most part in Red Dead uh, and Five, though. Yeah, I just remember which Rockstar game I played the most. Mm. Chinatown he- Wars on the DS. <laughs> that game's not bad. Yeah, I played a ton of it. That's I played probably more than half the story and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, as much as I didn't get into GTA 4, I'm still like, I don't know, 5 looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That first person mode, just pretend it's Far Cry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're, now you're getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The game that was like the question, like what the per- person said for me for a long time was Secret of Mana. Oh, I was God. like, I've tried this game so many times. I'm gonna just—I don't want to just be on my deathbed and not have played Secret of Mana. <laughs> um, now, now you're on your deathbed because you played Secret. Of Mana. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Next time, you know, next time you try that game, it'll really click for you. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> just talk to Austin. He'll tell you how awesome oh, it is with his terrible opinions. <laughs> And he'll somehow convince you that you're the one thinking this and not him just implanting bad ideas in your head. Austin really loves Metal Gear Solid 4. He kind of made 
kind of I had been kind well, of pre- set against that game, but then between you and then also him kind of being pretty spirited in favor of it. Why do like, I have okay. to? Why do I have to agree with Austin? <laughs> I don't. I he don't also know. fucking hates Secret of Mana, so I'm almost like, but why does he like Metal Gear Solid Four? Is a big question. He probably likes it for totally different reasons. <laughs> Man, the gameplay is so good. Oh god, those first two chapters are the best, and then it goes off the rails. Yeah. Okay, I think this is from Poncho. These questions are geared towards Polly for whatever reasons that will soon become apparent. Strap yourself in for some long-winded musical audio talk. Oh, no. So in your professional opinion as an audio engineer, what are some hallmarks of a well-produced and mastered album? Um, a mix needs to have room to breathe, I think. You can't have, like, like albums these days are produced and mastered in a way where it's suffocating to listen to. There's no room in the mix at all. And there are certain types of music that work well with that type of production and mastering. But ultimately, like, I want... Like, like I don't mind if a mix is dirty and then it's got, you know, some grunge on it and it doesn't sound pristine. But if it's got some room to breathe, like, if you listen to any Steve Albini-produced album, his albums are just big, nasty, and lurching-sounding. But there's also, like, um, Nirvana's In Utero is a perfect example of an album that just, it sounds like a monster, but it's got so much depth to its mix, and, like, it sounds like you're in the room with the band at the same time. But, like, every note has room to breathe. Every drum hit has its own spot. Like, everything is perfectly fit, you know, to, to sound good in both ears. You know, like, the way certain frequencies will travel from one ear to another, things like that is what you're really listening for. Um, but I just like stuff that's got a nice, spacious mix uh, and it's not trying to be all up in my grill the whole time. Uh, and I think that, like, if you can mix something that sounds like that, you're well on your way to being a good uh, studio engineer. Cool. Uh, what do you feel would be a recent example of a remastering job done right? None of them. <laughs> okay. None of them at all. I've never heard a remaster and thought, wow, that's way better that now that it's fucking louder and all the dynamics have been stripped out of it. Uh, if there were any albums you could procure the master tapes to and remaster them yourself, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, uh, my God. Wasn't uh, that one that was just really unpleasant for you to listen to oh, recently? There, there's a, oh, yeah, I would definitely Even though you like the composition. Oh. I, I would remix the Muse album in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thursday is a City by the Light Divided. Uh, which is the most unlistenable pile oh, of garbage I've ever heard in my life. But, like, I like the songs, but it is just, you can't listen to that album. It is just full-on, like, static, front to back. Even the ballads are bleeding! <laughs> How did you do that? God damn. Yeah, um, off the top of the old noggin, like those are the only two I can really think of um, right now. That's a question I would really like yeah. have to like look at my catalog and see like like what are my like because a lot of my favorite albums of all time are mixed and mastered very well. You know, I can't think of like many albums that I really love that aren't mixed or mastered in a way you know that is really like unpleasant or anything. You know, like most of the stuff I like, I, I need it to sound good to me too. Um, so I would really have to like dive back in and look for something to want to uh, want to remaster there. 
I have an answer for that one. I just thought of what? like something I would give to you to, to have a shot at. What's just because uh, Dream Theater's Awake. Yeah, that album's got a. Re- yeah, give me the masters to that. Actually, yeah, like that, that album, album has a sound, and I don't dislike it, but it's so it'd be interesting. It's so plastic and hollow. I think it's it's yeah. way too distant. Is way too much reverb on everything in that mix. Uh, it's meant to be like a really kind of a dark album. Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to the songs and like what those songs are saying and like what the music is doing and like it like with the really reverbed out really super crisp production that it's got, it in no way sounds like what it's trying to imply. So yeah, uh, Dream Theater's Awake would be a really good uh project that I would like to take on. Cool. Uh next email comes in from Zach. Uh, with the reveal of the Tropical King plush, Shovel Knight Amiibo, Mega Yarn Yoshi, I have a lot of things I want to buy. <laughs> I, I own far too many Amiibo already and more Mega Man merchandise than is probably healthy. What kind of limits do you impose on yourself about buying merchandise like this? And how much gaming memorabilia do you own? Um, you know, I, these days I'm more like, you know, like, does this thing take up space? Does mm. it? Okay, I don't want it. I I've, I used to be all about it. Like I've got like you know like when I when I like my one of my favorite things that I have is uh, when I pre-ordered uh, Lunar Two uh, Eternal Boot Complete. I've got a punching galleon puppet. Cool. <laughs> I've got I've got cute little things like that. I've got uh, uh, a couple of Xenosaga related uh, pieces of memorabilia. But other than that, I don't really have a lot of memorabilia. I've got some art books here and there. Um, and I don't really go out of my way uh, anymore to procure stuff like that. Like, if, if a game has a special edition and a normal edition, I just get the normal edition anymore because I just... I, I'm so tired Too of things... Too much shit to yeah, deal I'm, with. Yeah, I'm tired of things taking up space. Um, how about you, Rhett? Uh, for me, it's more just, like, I don't spend more than, like, $20 on something anymore because it's too expensive if you go nuts. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. So I, I have four Amiibo... And I felt like maybe that was a little too many, but like I did kind of cut myself off being like, like unless you really like this character, don't buy it. Yeah, so you know, like, and, and the ones you got were sensible at least. Yeah, like I tried to be sensible, where it's like, well, the Palatina one is pretty good, but I haven't actually played Kid Icarus, so maybe I shouldn't buy that. Yeah, yeah, because a while ago, like. I bought a, like a Madoka plush and it was like almost $50 probably. Oh. And I was like that. I got no more. This yeah, is bad. Like, this is, this is where we've got to draw the line because you're falling down a very slippery slope. Yeah. Oh, don't it. Yeah. No figures. Yeah. I, I may. Yeah. I've got, I've got figures. Uh, I've got a really, really awesome, uh, Cosmos and a really awesome Telos from Xenosaga. They're fantastic. Cool. And I will not let you touch them. They are only for me to touch. <laughs> I don't get the whole like a billion figures thing. Like, yeah, that's have, like the huge glass case Good and stuff. Lord, that's way too crazy. I always thought just like having three or four just kind of like centerpieces as a max. Yeah, is cool. Yeah, like I have a Hanyu from Higurashi, that's and I'm awesome. content with that. I've got I've got uh, those cute little Higurashi figures. Yeah, uh, that were modeled after the original uh, games artwork. Those are awesome. I yeah. like those. I've got uh, a battle damaged Arica from Myotome. Oh, really? Yeah, that thing's really cool. You take a picture. We'll do. <laughs> uh, I've got um, 
what's her name? The 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 I forgot her name. That's pretty bad if you've got a picture <laughs> of someone and you forgot their name. The 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 black doll from Rosen Maiden. Oh, Suisei or not? Or, 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 what's her name? Suigento. Yeah, Suigento. I've got a really really awesome Suigento. <laughs> um, that I don't have like a lot more than that though. That's cool. You didn't need a storage. No facility for all your no, figures. No, I, I, I don't want that to happen. No, so I cut myself off. I was like, I, like I really love Xenosaga and I love Cosmos and Telos, and that's sort of where my figure stuff started. And then I've yeah. got a really awesome Samus figure. I've got, uh, <laughs> I've got. Oh God, I'm starting to sound like I've already went down this hole. I've got uh, a Rock of Seal uh, from PSO. Um, oh yeah, I've got the Eleanor. It's just funny when you say that name. I'm just like Rockasio. What the fuck is that? Rock-a-seal. Oh, PSO, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, good lord. Yeah, I guess I do have a lot of gaming memorabilia, but I don't go out of my way to get it anymore. No. Yeah. What about you, John? Um, I don't really have much of anything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think about it. I was just stretching my brain, like. Last year for Christmas, I was gonna buy you. Uh, there was this pack at um place that I get some stuff at and it had like a, a Ness cap and his striped shirt and I was going to buy that for you but then they, ah. they were out of stock ah bummer All I, right, I would have get... worn that too. yeah I know you would have <laughs> taken a picture mm-hmm. um, I think and every time we're at the Walmart the, they have um, some Pokemon plushies and I think Ann and I are going to pick up some of those soon I have an yeah. Eevee pl- I have an Eevee plushie Evie's like Anna's favorite. Evie's just too adorable to not Evie's have a plushie. Evie's way out. too adorable. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> I remember a few months ago or so, they were selling like a Neptunia figure. Yeah, I almost Noir. caved. I, I almost, almost caved. caved. But I'm like, this thing is like $30 and it's like three inches tall. Yeah, like, I yeah. really can't be spending money like, on I something can't do like that. Like, I, had to oh. just, I had to just close the tab and go away. I was so I close. I bought the though. Bastion. Um memorabilia set. yeah i got that too and a handkerchief and a pretty art picture i'm actually wearing the shirt now <laughs> the ceylondia mason society yep that's yep, it i'm oh, wearing wow. that yeah i'm wearing that right now huh. i don't know where that stuff went it's somewhere that's an awesome little package and it got like the autographed yeah, poster i got I, a lot I, of mileage out of that t-shirt. <laughs> i've got the uh, i've got the poster the autographed poster hanging on my wall it's really oh, good cool if we're going down this rabbit hole, my one big weakness is actually books. Yeah, you buy a lot of art books. You've got like 80 billion Toho art books. I have all four official Toho books, and I have the Dark Souls artworks, and I yeah. have Dark Souls 2. The Dark Souls and... 2 get two guide is really good. Yeah, and I have the Bloodborne guide now, too. Ah, uh, is it cold and hardback? Like it's the... even bigger than the Dark Souls 2 one. Oh my god. By a little bit. It's like 50 pages longer because they added online stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like 600 pages or something. Oh my it's, god. It's really good. Like, I actually use that on my other playthroughs. Like That's really cool. Just being like, what are the stats of every monster in the entire game, like, resistance-wise? Because I was playing, like, magic. Cool. And you could, And in, in a pinch, you could kill someone with those. Yeah, easily. Those like books are pounds. heavy. Yeah. Next, Next question. Then. Yes. Uh, everyone describe your current underwear... This is from Chelsea. Let's <laughs> just say. Everyone describe your current underwear situation in detail. Discuss the reticle housing. <laughs> Tidy whities. wearing boxers. I figured you a boxer person, right? No way. Really? Really? Nope, never. Wow, it's just it's like worst. 
Wow. Tidy whities huh? That really messes <laughs> up my whole image of you. I don't know what my head image of Reed is. What's that fucking line from Seinfeld where Kramer's just like, what are you doing? You're just flopping all around. <laughs> <laughs> the freedom. Black silk. That's me. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Raquel says, have you, have you accepted Trouple King as your lord and savior? Oh, hell. Will Polly and Eric combine streams to become Polly's joystick? Oh, God. <laughs> what if? We were going to, like, um, for um, April Fool's this year, we were going to have me take over his stream. Oh, man. So it was going to be something like that, and I was going to, like, and he was going to be under all of these contractual obligations to say, like, disparaging things about himself. It's like, nope, you've got to... <laughs> nope. Every 30 seconds, you've got to say the word butts, Eric. That's what it says in the contract. I was going to make him change his uh, banner to something different. Like, like or like Eric's poop butt or something like that. Like I was, it was just gonna be so stupid. We were be, probably gonna be the only ones to ever see it, but we were talking about it. But he got busy, I got busy, and it just never happened. Oh bummer. Mm. Uh, I kind of don't understand the last question here. It's from Sayara. Mm-hmm. What will be the next series of game types you will all be playing? As a lot of RPGs have happened lately, do you see any other type of game you'll see a lot of you part take part in? Well, I, I think that that's kind of fair because, like, you know, like, I I've been playing Fantasy Star. I played Neptunia this year. You know, it's kind of like I played a lot of RPGs lately, I guess. Uh, I, kinda, I can kind of see where he's going. You started two streams or a stream and an LP of RPGs. Yeah, a stream and an RPG yeah. of an LPG, you know, so, like, and yeah, I'm doing an Earthbound stream. Uh, Woo! So, um... And when is that? Uh, I'm probably going to start it on my birthday. Cool. Yeah. So, uh... We'll see. We'll see. Um... I, I was thinking... Down. We've been playing a lot of Castlevanias or Metroidvanias lately. Yeah, yeah, uh, Axiom mm-hmm. Verge at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. that game was really good. I want to play Axiom Verge before the end of the year just I to write about it. You should play that game uh, because it's yeah. way better yeah. than Igavanias. Yeah, Those I, I, are I, dumb. Holly, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a minute before. Yeah, I, I understand, I understand. You, you're way no. burnt the fuck I, out. I need I to experience Axiom Verge under ideal conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did still bad. like Arya, though. Yeah. And like 13 fucking Castlevania <laughs> yeah, games before but, it. But let's put it this way. If I'd gone on to Dawn of Sorrow, then y'all would have known that was a cry for help, right? Yeah, at that yeah. point, I would have been like, you know, calling... Are, are you okay? <laughs> calling local psychiatric hospitals to make you sure okay, you hadn't man? been admitted. <laughs> John, we need to have an intervention. <laughs> It's funny, though, for me, though, there was also, like, a period of every week I'd come in with a game that had some Metroidvania elements of, like, yeah. first I played Ori in the Blind Forest, which is just straight up one, and then Valda's Story, which kind of Dark Souls-y Metroidvania, mm-hmm. and then fucking Stealth Bastard 2 yeah. with the whole map and gaining upgrades. I'm like, I seem to accidentally be finding all these games all of a sudden. I guess I guess Stealth is kind of a big thing and what I'll probably be going for next because I do want to play Stealth Inc. 2. I'm wanting, you know, I'm chomping at the bit for Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, that's not a stealth game. That's an anime game. Well, well <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? Nope, that's it. All right, well... Um, I just want to give you guys a bit of a heads up. Um, we're actually there's actually going to be a couple of podcasts this week. This episode, and we're also going to be running a prototype podcast. Uh, I'm going to run uh, the pilot episode on the main Sox Cast feed. It's going to be a uh, musically driven 
um, album listening club uh, kind of podcast where myself and three other people have listened to uh, an album over the last few weeks, and we're going to sort of talk about it, tear it apart, discuss what we liked and didn't like about it. Uh, that'll probably be going up uh, Sunday or Monday uh, of next week, or you know, this Sunday or next Monday. Um, just, uh, depending on, uh, anything, you know, whatever, however that goes, um, obviously be on the lookout for, you know, Fantasy Star 4 Let's Play. That's going to be, uh, really fun to do. Um, so, uh, while we're winding this down, um, you know, before, uh, you know, if you want to send your questions in again, like I said before, on Twitter at SMPS underscore updates or podcast at net. Rhett, where can we find you? N3.tumblr.com. It's John. got flash movies and stuff. Yeah, it's got a lot of shit now. Go look. Yeah. Uh, John Thayer. Farwaytimes.com. All right. And uh, with that out of the way, we're going to be out of here. But join us next time where Rhett will say... And where the podcast loves you or the only ones that love you. <laughs>